0: let's stand up and go.
1: State Studios, the sports media palace of Mid-America, the Wolf of Center Street. Here's your host, John Neighbor. Welcome into the John Neighbor show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody watching and listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. I am your host john neighbors as we have a loaded monday show for you today and we're going to try to do our best to make it work for you as we enter into the second week officially of natty state sports so remember folks to like subscribe and follow along as we're going to have some great content and have been having some great content all week long and will all week long this week too so a lot of things to dive into we're going to look across the sports world and sports landscape of everything that's been going on Uh, Not only some fun stuff, but also some interesting stuff and uh, have some Razorback news to get to and some fun things about football even. But we do have to start today's show, of course, with the uh, Razorback basketball team. I think it's about time that the season just, it's over. You know, it's over. It was a good run. This team just doesn't doesn't have it. They just don't have it. We thought that maybe after the Texas A&M game that things would go really well, that things would go back in the right direction. They'd start having some nice things happen. But they didn't, as they absolutely and totally lay an egg 77-64 to 64 against the South Carolina Gamecocks at home in Budwall Arena. And frankly, it wasn't even that close. It was a 13-point loss. South Carolina led pretty much the entire way, and Arkansas had no answers offensively, defensively. It didn't matter what Arkansas did. The closest it ever got in the second half was a 7-point lead for the Gamecocks after Tremont Mark hit back-to-back threes. But after calling a timeout, South Carolina reestablished themselves and it was over from the get-go. Just a really frustrating game for all intents and purposes and frustrating for Razorback fans that actually made the trip to that game, thinking that it was going to be a little bit better, but it certainly wasn't. This just gives the fact and just the feeling that this this season's not going to be it. You know, we kept thinking, kept hoping, kept wishing. But if you're a Razorback fan, you know the song always goes, oh Lord, it's hard to be Humble. Well, I think it's, Oh Lord, it's hard to be hopeful because right now there's no hope. There's no reason to believe that this team is going to get better and they're going to get anything going. And right now it is what it is. So is the season over? Certainly gives that vibe. Certainly gives that feeling. And we'll get to a lot of your comments throughout the show today. But of course I got to bring in my guys here who of course is Curtis Wilkerson and Andrew Ellis. And guys, I know you all, all of us were at the game, but that was pretty pathetic type of showing of what we saw from the Razorback basketball team.
2: Yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, the Razorbacks on the day where it's finally announced that college game day is coming to Fayetteville to just go out there and lay an absolute egg at home again in SEC play. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you. I mean, I was, I was kind of starting to sip that Kool-Aid again. I thought maybe... That Texas A&M game, you know that that's the kind of stuff that you can momentum off of, and and maybe uh, you know just get things going a little bit. We've seen wins like that in the past really spark some momentum, and it's just it's just not going to happen. Uh, the consistency is not there. Um, the want to is not there. The the effort, energy, enthusiasm, all those things that we've heard about in in terms of what are the pillars of the program. Uh, they just don't exist with this team. That might sound harsh, but Must knows it too, and he's said as much that this team does not exhibit the characteristics of the ones that he's had in the past um, at Arkansas or Nevada. And so, um, you know, he, he can keep trying all the combinations he wants, and they can keep tweaking things schematically and prepare or whatever, and there's going to be some nights where they figure it out and they look really good, uh, but I think those are going to be the exceptions to the rule. Like I just, I just don't have any reason 18 games into the season at this point Uh, to believe that they're going to fully turn it around and they fooled me once. They're not going to do it again. They could go win both of these games this week. And you're not going to catch me in here on Monday, a week from now saying, Oh, they got it figured out. They're back. I'm not doing it again. It's not happening.
3: I guess my only real disappointment as a, as a, someone who's covered this team and been around this, been following this program since I was a child, uh, I'm just disappointed I didn't sniff this one out. You know, we normally normally I can see it coming, I can feel it coming. Like I wake up that morning and I have a pit in my stomach because it's like, oh God. Like when the night, the day Arkansas lost to North Texas, I remember waking or in football, I mean, back in 2019. I remember waking up that morning and knowing right away, I was like, this is about to be ugly. And uh as a, as someone who's been around these programs, like we kind of normally can tell when Arkansas maybe has a trap game, maybe has a situation where they might have a letdown spot. Like we're usually pretty good at picking this kind of stuff out. It's not that I didn't think South Carolina could beat Arkansas. I just expected Arkansas to show up and I expected that to be enough. And, uh, they didn't do, they didn't do that. And so it's, it's tough to, like you said, we can talk about what we expect to happen. If you're expecting this team to turn around and like play well every night, you're, you're an insane, you might be smoking crack. I mean, seriously, (laughs) like this team, like, and look, I'm, this is saying it as someone who thought Arkansas was going to win Saturday. I just mean moving forward. When you look at this team we can't count on them to do two good things in a row. They don't have any sort of identity or firm skill set in place where it's like this team doesn't have any characteristics that you can even count on to be the same thing, and that's good or bad. Even the issues that they have, they'll fix those issues on Wednesday, but they'll have new ones arise. Like It's not even like a consistent formula that this team, like, oh, defensively they break down every game, or, oh, they just can't score. Like It's new issues. It's new problems to deal with, and sometimes they solve them, sometimes they don't. But just big picture, like you said, Curtis, this team, it just is unreasonable to expect them to consistently night in and night out do the things they're supposed to do. And at this point, I think they've
2: dug themselves too much of a hole. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to admit at this point that I think I was blinded by the Musselman effect. Um, yeah. And I love Musk. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a hell of a coach. He's done a great job and he's going to continue to. Uh, but I just think that baked in like benefit of the doubt for me that this team would turn around It kind of blinded me to a lot of serious red flags like i we talked about it on the if you really want to hear my unfiltered thoughts like tune into the pot at the palace of me and scotty because we got some things off our chest this morning (laughs) uh but three particular instances really stood out to me uh in the aftermath that now that i've been thinking about it that we should have known when we heard some of these things so i think back to uh the lipscomb game in north little rock where arkansas blew that 20 point lead And then Tremont Mark is sitting up there at the podium and he's asked by Scotty actually, like, what is the identity and the personality of this team? And he said, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that right now. (laughs) And then after the Auburn game, you get beat by 32 points at home. And then Keon Minifield comes in there and he's sitting at the podium and we ask him what happened. And he said, well, it felt like we quit. Wow. That, that, That doesn't sound real good. And then Eric Musselman himself walking up to the podium and talking about how this team doesn't have the competitiveness. They don't exhibit the traits that they've had in years past They're not playing hard enough. They're not playing with grit. Like we've been hearing all these things all year. And I I think at least for me, I've just been like, well, they'll figure it out, man. They always do. Uh, But some serious red flags have been raised earlier on in the season. And we probably should have caught on to it a little bit earlier, which is why, I had to go ahead and ex- extend my olive branch out to Matt Norlander's <laughs> day at CBS Sports because at the beginning of the year, this dude said Arkansas is the 47th best team uh, in the country, and of the teams who made it to the NCAA tournament last year that I'm projecting to not make the field this year, Arkansas is on that list, and I just watched the Hogs practice, we'd watched them play some preseason games, and I said, this dude is nuts, and I've been gaslighting him ever since, and I look like the idiot. Uh, because this team doesn't want to go out there and play hard. It's frustrating, man. Well, see, and that's my
1: thing is like it'd be one thing if this team was just going to be bad and really we kind of felt like it was going to be bad and we felt like it was just not going to go the direction that everyone was hoping for and coming into this like whole thing. Like, I keep going back to like, that Purdue game and exhibition. If they would have just gotten trounced in that one, I, I think that there still would have been some, like, okay, well, you know, they're still figuring things out. They're still trying to put it together. But then they won. And it was kind of the same thing with Duke. You know, hey, if that, if that Duke team would have come into Arkansas and humbled them a little bit and humbled Razorback fans and everything, it could have been like, all right, th- this is just the way it's going to be. I know that those games are at home. I know that that's how it goes when it comes to uh, the landscape of home court advantage. And sometimes you just win those games that you're supposed to or not supposed to at home. But it's like you know that this team's better than what we're seeing. And I think that that's what might be the most disappointing is that this team is better. It's better than what we've seen. We know that there's talent there. We know that there's elements there. We know that there's so much that they have going for them that it could really get turned around and really be in such a greater position than what it is. But it just ain't it. I I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It just ain't it. And I'm just vastly disappointed. I don't know what else to say other than just I'm disappointed. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. And if that's the type of showing that they're going to give, I I don't want to be anything a part of it. I even felt like against Texas A&M, and I think maybe you talked about it on the live reaction show after the game, Arkansas against Texas A&M actually started off pretty strong or at least had an early lead. I think they were up 8 nothing on A&M by the under-16 timeout, and it was mainly because A&M just couldn't hit anything. That's yep. part of it, but also Arkansas played well in that first stretch, so give them credit. But it almost was like once in a game that they get from behind and, and they get off to a rough start, they don't know how to bounce back. They don't know how to punch back. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know any of that stuff. And they just fall totally and completely flat on their face, which is a scary thing. It's a disappointing thing. And that, to me, is just the signs of a weak team. A weak team, weak-minded team, where it's one thing if you could – don't well, because last year was kind of like that, too. You know, remember, it took them forever until the Kansas game, essentially, that, uh, until they could get it turned around and start winning. And they were down by 10 in that game, stormed back, and got it. Now, it, it gives the same vibes where uh, any sort of adversity hits this team. They crumble. They stumble. There's no bouncing back from it. And, I, it's again, a bunch of seniors, a bunch of juniors, a bunch of three-, four-year players playing this way is pretty disgusting. It's very disgusting.
2: If you think about last year's team, and and they obviously had their share of struggles, but it was a really young team, and their thing was they would build up a double-digit lead and then choke it away. And I think that's something you kind of expect from a young team. And when you have veterans, you, you thought you know, okay maybe they could flip the script on that. Uh, but at the very least, like these are guys like you said who you know they've they've kind of been here and done that and should have a certain level of maturity about them. Um, you know. It, on floor maturity, I'm not talking off the court, but uh, they just don't have that, and it, it is so bizarre to me, like I don't know. I just feel like just pride maybe would would kind of kick in at some point, like if I'm at home in front of my fans, just getting my teeth kicked in by I'm sorry, South Carolina, I don't care what their record is. like that's not an NCAA tournament team. They're just not. Uh, they were without one of their best players, too, and it just wasn't competitive. And, you know, it's like if you're going to come back when you get down in a game, you have to play hard and dig your heels in and get stops defensively. That way you can get back in the game. You have to create momentum and energy. Uh, And the only time they did that was when Mark hit a couple threes. A timeout is called and they come back out there and they give up, what, an 11 to one run. Um, It's just uh, the want to. It's just missing for whatever reason. And I can't put my finger on it because it really looked in the preseason early on at practices and from everything we heard that that's one thing that this group had was a level of coachability and maturity and toughness about them that made you think we would be able to avoid all these issues. I don't know what's going on.
3: Well, and kind of going back to what John said, it's like we've seen this team play well. Obviously, there's the Duke game. There was moments in the Bahamas, a the m game. It's not like this team doesn't have the capability to play well. And I'm sure they're going to have performances down the stretch where they'll look good. I mean, you can talk me into them beating Ole Miss tomorrow. You could, or Wednesday, you could talk me into them beating Kentucky at home. I'm not saying they can't do those things, but I just, it comes back to the questions of will they be able to do it consistently and what will they do when that adversity strikes? And, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll make some progress in those areas. But I just look at the resume that they've built to this point, what they have left, like, We keep talking. We've said it all season. Like they're running out of time. They're running out of time. They really might have run out of time because it's like even if you make that stretch and say starting right now, Arkansas is as good as they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I still don't know if they'll be able to get the resume at the end of it. I mean, they're at like one twenty-five in the net, so it's like they're they're going to have to really be. There's not really margin for error, and that's something that this team needs a lot of because, like John said, they don't really respond to adversity well. So they can't afford to to see too much more.
2: There was an account a couple. It was a couple of weeks ago that was, I think Scotty probably saw this too, but he would tweet out every day, like, as of this day on the calendar, like, these are the teams that were ranked the lowest in the net that made the <laughs> NCAA tournament. I don't know if he's still doing that, but I need to go find that. But I guarantee you, like, there's no doubt in my mind that wherever Arkansas is right now, I think they were like 118 <sighs> or something when I looked yesterday. Yeah. Uh, no team that was ranked 118th in the net on January 22nd made the NCAA tournament, unless they won their conference tournament. They didn't get at large bid. There's yeah. no well, way. And we do
3: a thing where we compare our, this team to a lot of past Arkansas teams. I remember back two years ago when they lost to Hofstra and they fell to like 90 in the net. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking the world was ending. I was like, holy cow, that is low. Yeah, they're flirting
1: with triple digits. And that was That's also, when you know it's bad.
3: And that was also in December. This is now, we're talking about late January and they're still getting up there over to 120. It's like, this is this is we can say that Arkansas has had struggles early in the season before, and they have, and they've overcome them. But it's like this is really a unique situation, and I'm not saying it's in you know insurmountable. But let's be be real, this is very different circumstances than what it's been the last few years. Well, let's hear from Eric Musselman, and this is uh, pretty much
1: his opening statement as well as a response to one of Bob Holt's questions about uh, the team and just uh,
4: effort playing hard. Uh, yeah, I mean it's obviously uh, disappointing. Um, We played, you know, but thought we battled against Texas A&M. You know, we've now had two home games where uh, we're not, you know, exhibiting um, the energy uh, that we need to. So, obviously, uh, you know, toughness, rebounding, um, offensively sharing the ball. There's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, we we, uh, played against a good team that, uh, that played with more energy and more connectedness, um, and more toughness, uh, than what we played with.
0: I know you don't like to call timeouts, but I think you called two within about 29 seconds, which I've, and with, with like, like six, six minute mark in there, seven minute mark in the first half. Um, how, well, what, what was the message you're trying to convey? And obviously it didn't, didn't just we got through. to play
4: harder. I mean, that was a pretty simple <laughs> message, Bob. I mean, uh, I mean, the team's got to play harder, tougher. Uh, I mean, we we all see it, and and ultimately, all always falls on uh, coaches, and so we have to do you know our part as well. See, I don't think it's as simple. It's just playing
1: harder. You know, I understand that Mus in the end of that clip talks about as coaches, we got to take accountability. You know, we got to do what we got to do to make sure that uh, we're getting our guys ready and all of that, but. Playing harder is, I mean, is, is I know it's encompassing of everything. Whenever you have guys that go out there with effort, you're not going to win if you don't have hard play. But it, it, this it goes deeper than that to, to me. I, I think that may be a simplistic answer to it, but it goes so much more deeper than that. Yeah, well, I
3: think when you, I mean, when you think about what must, how he views this team, when we ask him these questions, he's such a, you know he's on task, so he's talking about the game that just happened or stuff you know when we ask him a question, he never really gives straight answers because he's always thinking about this team in different terms than we are. I think we might have to wait till after the season before we're able to get him to speak honestly about how he views this team overall and maybe some of the mistakes they may may have made throughout the process, whether that's recruiting team building or just stuff along the way that they tried schematically. I think right now he's just trying to motivate his team and trying to find answers, so it's tough to get him to really open up and give us. The answers that we're hoping for, and I mean, doing a post game press conference is just, it's just tough, and so I, I want to give him a little bit of leeway there. But I agree with you guys, where it's like there's a little bit more to this this situation, but I just don't think we're going to get those honest answers anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I do think though that like the only thing that he said in that clip there that wasn't true was that South Carolina is a good team. I, I think every <laughs> I think everything he else, else that he said was true, um, but to me, it is just kind of inexcusable that you have to sit up there after 18 games like this is the SEC man and and you have to go up there and say well we just have to play harder and yeah. it, it does seem like it's more complicated and it is because they're also not connected um and, and not bought in or not focused or, or whatever it is like it's just not it's not it hasn't clicked right so there's something going on there that that's you know keeping that from happening uh but a lot of that stuff can be eliminated by playing hard and yeah. it's You know, defense, there's a lot that goes into it with rotations and schematics and understanding the game plan and and the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent. But at the end of the day, like it's defense is results oriented and it's effort-based. Like you either get a stop or you don't. And if you try hard, even if you make a mistake, like you can cover up for it. And on the Mm -hmm. offensive end of the floor, they get so stagnant all the time and people get irritated and they say, Well, they don't they don't run anything. What is this offense? What are they doing? Well, they're they're running an offense. They're jogging an offense is the problem. Like if they were actually cutting hard and setting their man up for screens and running off of them and making the right reads and doing things with urgency, which is what must brings up a little bit later here, uh, you would see better results and you'd see better shots. Like the, the scheme itself, it, it I mean, I said it earlier on the pod today, like if that's what the Milwaukee bucks run, that's surprising to me, but it would look a heck of a lot better if they would actually run it instead of. Go, it's like they're going through uh, like their walkthroughs or something, just kind of casually through the motions. This is the SEC. Like you're not going to get good shots and have good success uh, by just doing things, you know, halfway.
1: Well, and also too the the whole Bucks thing. I remember when I heard about it uh, after the Red White game. It's just like you know the Bucks. They, they run this thing and it's so perfect because we got you know Mikai Mitchell, we got great bigs that really go off the elbow, and it, it's like great. And then we hear about that the team's practicing great, you know, always so good in their heart and they're hard in practice. And it's like awesome. We haven't seen any of it. Like, it, yeah. it just it's and I'm not trying to say like mus is lying or that the he's just you know, we got sold a bill of goods of sure. a bunch of crap. But like to me, I'm like, what is this? the stuff that we've been hearing, it kind of you know what it reminds me it kind of reminds me of football season with Sam Pittman mm-hmm. because it's like hey. Man, these these guys these guys are going great. This position group's great. Wait, we're getting things going. To, everything's got okay. Sweet. Why isn't it there on the on the football field? Why why isn't it translating? You you talk about practice. Oh, we had a great week of practice. Oh, okay. Well, you lost you know like seven to three. Sweet. That's what it starts to remind me of. Of like all the stuff that we heard and that we were told and that everything we haven't really seen any of it and. It it goes to the same question we asked her in football, now in basketball. Why, why,
2: what is it about this thing that we are just not seeing right now? I I don't think they know the answer to that either. I, I mean, obviously the staff doesn't because and, and they have no choice but like to continue to to try different things, different combinations. Like you just have to keep trying things until something sticks or something works. You know, you can't just rest on it. But I mean, I do think it's telling that. I don't think this team doesn't care like i'm just not buying into that narrative but but they're not playing like they do and then you know a guy like davenport who i think exhibits the type of energy and and effort that you want to see we talked about him before he comes in for the post game and he gets asked like why <laughs> are you not? Are you guys not playing hard? Like, where is the competitiveness? Yeah. And what he doesn't have it? an answer. He doesn't know
1: what is it that you're doing. Yeah, and why is it not working? Is essentially
2: what the questions were. Yeah, it's so bizarre.
3: When I just when I think about the past years, I mean, some of their tournament wins. It's not like Arkansas had this high flying offense that was a well oiled machine and super efficient. But to your point earlier, what they had was a sustainable formula where they were given effort and it covered a little bit of their their defensive work and the effort they gave and the stuff they were able to make happen in transition. Covered up their deficiencies offensively which they've had in a big way what's crazy is like look at this team individually and this is a better offense and heck they might end the year better offensively than the last few years but what they don't have is that defense to kind of rely on and uh, you know like we talked about what can this team do well what can they do consistently and you know, offensively, what they're doing is just not sustainable because they're not getting out in transition. Their defense doesn't give them any help offensively. Every bucket that we see Arkansas make is usually because one individual player made a good play. Yep. And so you, when you have nights like where Tremont Mark has 35 or Caleb Battle hits four threes or Trevon Brazil decides to be good at basketball again, like <laughs> those will happen here and there. And so I'm, I have no doubt, you know, if Arkansas scores 90 against Kentucky, and it's like, hey, Trevin Brazil hit five threes and Tremont Mark played well. Cool. They're capable because they're talented guys. They can do that. But I just think it comes back to me about the sustainability of this operation, and it just seems like game to game, you know, you don't know who you can count on, and you're not getting help from those other areas that Arkansas typically dominates, whether that's like rebounding or the turnover battle or fast break points. Like they're they're losing all of those battles, and their individual guys are so inconsistent, and so it's just like years past. Arkansas was finally finally able to find a rhythm down the stretch and find a formula that works. And not only do they not have a formula, they don't
2: even trying for me it just kind of it's a team that is just a collection of individuals scotty brought up a really good point earlier today when he said that basically arkansas is just really easy to guard like they just don't make any defenses uncomfortable right now with what they're doing uh they're easy to guard and i think everyone is difficult for them to guard right now like they're also like they don't make any offense uncomfortable with what they're doing like they're not forcing any turnovers um you know they're not rotating helps. I like, you know, uncontested shots and wide open threes. It's just, uh, they're not doing anything. It's just complete disarray. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. It would almost I, be I, I better if they were just a bad team,
3: you know, but that's, what's yes. crazy is this isn't just a bad team who just doesn't, who just can't be good. It's like, they can be good. It's just, they're not, right. They
1: can be, they should be, but they're not like, yeah. that's what makes this so frustrating. Uh, A lot of people were chiming in here on the comments and appreciate everybody watching into the stream. Uh, Brian just just simply asked, he's like, when does Muss need to own up to some accountability? Which I guess at the end of that clip, he did say, hey, it comes down to us coaches and and coaching. I don't think he's lacking accountability, but I also think that just knowing in Muss, it's kind of like, hey, we know what we're doing here. Like we did not tell these guys and these kids coming in here something different that we're like we've told them they knew coming in here what was the expectation, they knew coming in here what was going to work and it's worked for us every single time. And at some point these these guys are the ones that's going to have to respond to what we're what we're doing. Like I, I get the accountability because they are the guys that he brought in, but I'm sure that that's part of it too with musk is like, "Hey, I we we're do, we know what we're doing yeah. as coaches. We know how to make this work, but these guys just aren't responding or they aren't doing it in the games." And they're trying to figure out the <laughs> how did this algorithm of how to just whoo, ignite that fire to get him going? They don't have that.
3: Yeah. And it seems like, I don't know. I mean, he, he, it's not that he's devoid of accountability, but I think right now it's just easier. Cause he's still trying to send that message to his team and still trying to motivate them. So if he goes to the press conference and he's like, everything's on me, it's my fault. It's still harder for him to relay that message to his team. But like I said, at the end of the year, when he doesn't have a team to blame, cause right now you can always play that card. Oh, t- players didn't play hard, but at the end of the year, I just can't wait to see what that postseason press conference looks like. But you know, to your to to back to the question though, if there's anyone who's deserved that kind of benefit of the doubt, it would be must. But to Brian's point, that can't be an excuse for that long because the season is what it is. And if if the end result ends up being unsuccessful, it's like you have no one to blame but yourself. And I right. feel like you can't. You know, every team is different. He always talks about every team has its own identity and all that. So as a coaching staff, your job ultimately is to find that identity and find a formula that works and. You know, whether they can or not, they just haven't to this point. And I think it's kind of, you can you can dis- disperse the blame however you want to. And so, yeah, ultimately, Mus does have some accountability to take.
1: Also saw uh, Razorback Rock says, uh, there are a lot of things Musk can do, but at the end of the day, it takes the guys too. And yes. well, I mean, that's yeah, yeah pretty pretty yeah. spot on. But yeah, uh, it's I, I trust Musk. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think that no, it's just no. like, I don't think any, this doesn't change my mind about Eric Musselman, the coach. But yeah. it, it does really make you wish... That you could almost have like a behind the scenes of like, okay, what is happening here? You know, is it is it a chemistry problem? Because even uh, Willie says uh, chemistry seems like the biggest issue right now. They have talent, they want to win, they just can't seem to find a rhythm together, and that's hard to see right now in late January, which I think is a great way of putting it. To where it's like you you know that it's there, you know that it exists, you know you know about talent all that, but them putting it together, them figuring it out, you know, it's happened at different times and under Mus in different years. This one though, it just. If you look at it to where last year it took longer for them to figure it out than the previous years, but it was still right there. You know, you kind of saw it. It just didn't click until then. It was right there, though. This seems like it is so far away from being right there. Uh, you know, like what was it, the games that they had last year on, on the road in SEC play, uh, they had a few that were one-possession games Oh yeah, coming down to the wire yeah. against quality teams, too. Even at home, had some games that was coming down to the wire, quality teams just didn't play out. Just didn't pan out. But this is like, okay, yeah, you you beat a And M, and that's great and all. But no other SEC game in the other four, you've even looked like any sort of SEC basketball team. At least a, what an SEC basketball team should look like in mid to late January. You just don't look like it right, right now.
2: Oh yeah, not a, not at all. And I've had people come at me in the past, of, you know, saying, "Oh, you're you're a must offender. Why don't you criticize him?" And no, I I do, and and I think you know. At the end of the day, he's right. Like this does fall back on the coaches, and there is some accountability to be had there. And and so far, like he's he's failed with this team, and I think he'd be the first person to tell you that. Uh, but but here is where I am at with Mus, and why I have such a hard time with some of this is like last year I did a, a story on Mus, and I talked to guys who've played for him, and guys who've coached under him, and guys who've coached with him at every level, college, CBA, NBA, whatever. And to a man, every one of them the main takeaway that they had from their time with Eric Musselman was this dude, like not only does he leave every, you know, no stone unturned, like he will dig up the gravel underneath said stone to see if there's another one. And like, he's got such a competitive, like relentless will to win about him. that just separates him from everybody else. And then, you know, I, I look at, uh you know what he's done with the team in terms of chemistry like he he knows about all that stuff like they go do their things every summer like it fridays in the summer literally is about team building like they'll go do the kickboxing classes they'll go do paintball what like he's aware of all those things you know so uh, for somebody to tell me that he's just like you know packed it in or given Mm -hmm. up on this team or can't figure it out or whatever like no like he's, he'll die trying man and so from that standpoint there's no doubt in my mind that like they're going to continue to plug away but there is some truth to it like you have to get it from the players too like i i've said before on this show multiple times like i don't know how you coach effort or or, or yeah. buy-in like it, it, there it has to be a two-way street and uh like it's there's like at this fork in the road right now and it seems like you know the staff and the expectations and and everything you know that you kind of built with the program is going one way, and this team for whatever reason is going the opposite direction. I, and I I don't know why, and we may never know.
3: Are we gonna get kid gloves, must soon? He's about to he's about to whip out the baby gloves and pamper this team. Is that what it's gonna take? He's just gotta coddle them oh, he's back to build life, them back up. I yeah. don't know, nurse them back to health.
1: I, 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 listen, when I was looking at this box score for this game against South Carolina, brutal, and I see that Tremont Mark was the only player in double digits, had eighteen points. Uh, he played thir- oh, 32 and a half minutes, 6-13 of 13 from the field. Did have two rebounds, an assist, and, and a turn, a steal, uh, as well as just one turnover. But that was it. Like that That's literally the only thing that can be maybe redeeming. I'm seeing Trevin Brazil, 25 minutes, three shots taken. To me, that that's like how in God's green earth are you allowing that to happen? Trevin Brazil is one of your best players on this team. And I'm not saying it's on must or on the team, like whoever, whoever's to blame. I don't care. Trevin Brazil playing 25 minutes and getting three shots is absurd. And only one and two free throws. So one like he was just getting fouled every time he had two free throws in this game. Did have six rebounds, but that should never happen. And Devo started off pretty strong, I guess he did. But then he finished three of
2: 13 from the field. He didn't care at the end of the game. It, yeah, he d- just... D- 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 like he, was, he was over he, it, man. Some of the shots he was taking, he did not care, man. He was just chucking it. And I guess it didn't matter at that point anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Devo was the one guy, I thought, at the beginning of the game, who was like locked in. Dialed yeah. in, you know. Some of
3: his misses early, I were like, "Oh, those." You know what? It was a good look. You know, he t- yeah. and, and again, Devo takes and makes bad shots, so sometimes you have to live with that a little right. bit. But yeah, I thought by the end of it, even he it was, it was a little bit checked out. All of them.
1: Well, and I, and I also laughed too because you know the plus and minus stuff is always pretty fascinating to me. There's only two players for Arkansas that actually had a positive plus and minus, and it happened to be Makai Mitchell and Joseph Pinion. I almost asked on the, on the reaction I mean, show. A, I was yeah. almost <laughs> going to quiz you
3: and be like, Curtis, is there any way you could name the two guys who were plus minus? And yeah.
2: I would not have have been able
1: to. Do that. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I would not have uh, either. Yeah, Makai Mitchell played five minutes, two of three from the field, a rebound, four points. Makai Mitchell, Mitchell
2: played five minutes, and he took an equal amount of shots to Trevin Brazil, who played twenty-five, five times as
1: many minutes as yeah. Makai Mitchell. And he yeah. Took.
2: And it's like Scotty pointed out: seven guys on Arkansas's roster took as many or more shots as as TB did in that game.
1: I can't, uh, it's just, I
2: don't know, just, I, I don't know man.
1: Uh, that's just, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's just so dumb. That's why. And I'm, if that's you're going to be mad. a turnstile so,
2: defensively on top of it, like yeah. it's
1: so dumb. It doesn't need to be this way. You know, Jeremiah Davenport took six shots and you know, hey, he's letting them fly.
2: At least he's taking them. JD putting them up. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> at least he's doing that. Getting but some
3: offensive boards, too. Wasn't, Jeremiah, wasn't, Jeremiah, of, wasn't
2: his prop, like, over five and a half shots or something? Yes, over five yeah. and a half shots, yeah. over five and a half points. Nailed Let's it. That was, that was the only
3: <laughs> thing I
1: got right, I think, from, like, the predictions. That was my uh, double-R prop play from BetSarac. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> oh, we
3: went at 50-50 on our props, by the way. Everybody was hating. You know,
2: our bold predictions
3: may not have been great, but we went, That's fit, why they're we, we went bold two and two predictions. on, our, uh, on a, our props. A
2: bold prediction probably shouldn't come true. Yeah, exactly. So I'm maybe it can come up. close. Like I don't yeah. know. I said they were gonna hit ten threes. Well, they hit like three, four, hit five. So, you know, yeah, they, that they one had, was they way had off,
3: five threes.
1: You were and, precisely
2: uh, halfway there. Listen, yeah. I,
1: was, I was the only thing also I <laughs> was close is about uh, the free throw percentage. So mm. I said they're gonna have eighty seven percent. They finished with eighty one, mm. thanks to Jalen Graham missing one. I should have known better than that. But
3: although Scotty did let me know that uh LLS only had five potential assists, and I projected them for six real life assists. Did he get think- the two turnovers? I think he only had one turnover. Arkansas cool. didn't turn the ball over a ton. That's the yeah, one. that's true. Again, we talk yeah. about how Arkansas they clean up issues just to create new ones. They haven't been turning the ball over like crazy lately. Five
1: turnovers for Arkansas Lost in this by game. 13 at home. Put
3: the banner up. Five only five turnovers against South Carolina.
1: Five turnovers and you get trounced at home. And you know, South Carolina had two uh, 10 turnovers. You're talking about they had double the turnovers, <laughs> but they also had double the assists because they had 20 assists. How many fast break points 10. did
3: Arkansas turn those 10 turnovers into?
1: Oh, you want to know? I <laughs> don't mm-hmm. oh, It's they six. had they
2: had two fast break points had, in the first they half.
1: Had eight fast break points in this. Eight. Okay. Um when we yeah. talk
2: like it's it's easy to get 20 assists when you're not really being guarded. Like I remember one specific point in the late in the second half when they were just kind of scrambling back weirdly, like in transition because South Carolina wasn't really pushing the ball, but T Mark had gotten switched off or matched up somehow with South Carolina's big guy who was just hanging out on the block, but the ball handlers dribbling up the floor and there was nobody guarding him. So Mark just leaves the dude under the basket and runs out there to the perimeter. And the guy's like, Hey, thanks. And he dumps it inside for like a wide open dunk. That's an assist. You know, it's like the easiest assist you could get.
1: I just, I I wish, I wish we had something, something to really just be like, okay, here's how you fix it. But no, no, no one does. And that's, you know, that's not up to us to try to figure out. But overall, again, it just continues to be disappointing. It's just a disappointing season, a disappointing year. You hope that maybe they could get it fixed. You hope that maybe they can put some things together. You you still hopeful, but at this point in time, I'm, I'm feeling like okay, the only way you can even do it is by winning the uh, SEC tournament, and they ain't doing that. So, season's over, right? Season's Done. over as far as the tournament goes. Yeah, NCAA tournament. I mean, they're gonna yeah, the they're gonna over. be playing
2: on the first night of the SEC tournament oh, at this heck, rate. Yeah, like, Wednesday I mean,
1: night sadness. Yeah, a Tuesday night sadness. I always forget I when moves it's out. Tuesday. But we don't no, know because it's Wednesday. Because it's, Wednesday. Wednesday. It do that. it's going to be so. Tuesday, hopefully, when the other two teams join the SEC. Yeah, yeah now that'll be fun. That'll be uh, when really you. Where's want the, the SEC
3: the, tournament at this year? Nashville. Nashville. Oh, yeah, it's going to be in Nashville. Oh, for the next twelve years. Yeah. 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 it'll be, be fun to watch the season come down to that.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I hope they uh, make a run because I'd like to spend time in Nashville Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. like a full weekend out of it. I don't think that's going to happen, but it'd be at least nice to think that you're. That Wednesday's going to be electric, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, against, like, Missouri and Vanderbilt, yeah. and uh, I don't even know who that One last would be. battle with Mr. Like,
3: Vanover. Well, will, uh,
2: we oh, do geez, need to give a shout-out to um, awesome. our, our lovely Missouri fans who are just, you know... Yeah, we got a lot of Missouri fans supportive. for some reason
1: uh, watching us.
2: We very well could walk into... Uh, a situation where Arkansas is going to to Columbia at the end of the month and it's like one in seven Arkansas and 0 and 8 Missouri in SEC play?
1: Well, then, they're, yeah, they're really good so, friends of ours. So they'll, they'll treat us with yeah, and welcome so. us up with uh, open arms. At least that's how uh, I hope they do it, but probably not. But uh, man, what a time. This sucks, folks. It sucks. It's just straight up it just sucks. So we're going to make the best out of it here on the John Neighbors Show, but we're going to take a break. First, folks, I got to tell you about Alumni Hall. Right here in Fayetteville. I know some of you are already done with basketball season. I get it. Baseball season's around the corner, though. And we know with baseball season it means better weather, hopefully. And it also means winning, hopefully. Well, you can start your winning with Alumni Hall in Fayetteville to get all the gear revved up for this upcoming baseball season. You head over there and they'll take care of you and getting all the greatest, nicest, and newest apparel when it comes to all things Razorbacks. Talking about hats, talking about shirts. Talking about even pants, they got all the cool stuff for your vehicles. They even got stuff for your pets. So if you're trying to get uh, some cool stuff for your pets, they got that too. Even Yetis, which I know is a big thing for people. And in fact, uh, seen so many people have their Yeti coolers out there in the hog pen. Well, go ahead and get you one over there at Alumni Hall. And they also have the Hall Pass Awards, which means that you earn points with your purchase and you get rewarded once you've spent $150, you'll get $10 off your next purchase. And you, you may be out of town, too. Maybe you can't make it to the Fayetteville location right there on college at 3417 North College Avenue. Well, they have a great website. It's simple to find. It's alumnihall.com slash Natty State. Alumnihall.com slash Natty State. Not only can you shop them online there, but you can have all the newest and nicest apparel delivered right to your door, no matter where you're at. So if you're out of the state and you're going to be making a trip in or you just want to rep the hogs wherever you may be, check them out today at alumnihall.com slash Natty State. We're gonna take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll get to more of the John Neighbor show and some other fun topics like the football team having tryouts for walk-ons. That'll be fun, I hope. So stay with us. The John Neighbor Show, Natty State Sports.
0: We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we're not done. We're not done yet.
1: Is 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's dig my dick in the master painter. Go Hawks.
4: Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbor Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios.
1: This is the John neighbor show live from Natty state sports studios. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon. Appreciate all the comments and everything that uh, people have been uh, reaching out to us on as well, because there's a lot of people pretty upset and rightfully so trying to figure everything out, which isn't exactly the uh, easiest thing to figure out. But uh, I will say that uh, even a guy like Jeffrey says, appreciate the content. Y'all can't disagree with the word that has been said, hope for better days. So, uh, yeah, trying to trying to trying to help everybody. Try to be hopeful, but it's just it ain't it, man. Ba- baseball's got to save hog fans. It has to. It has to. Because if this team does not make the NCAA turn, which they're not, and it just continues to go this way, which it will be, like is this going to be the this is going to be the worst Razorback football basketball combo season since when? I mean, maybe the.
3: they're like protected exactly. to go That's 40 up. football at least or like basketball pick they were picked to finish fourth in the sec in basketball right preseason top 15 football they weren't picked to finish last right yeah i mean the fact that they True. i mean they were somehow this was like one of the few times arkansas was legit worse than expectations
1: yeah i i think that it's been a problem now for a while that you've had the inconsistencies across like we, i think we and you andrew were talking about it today where you had a year in 2021, the baseball team had the number one seed, and then it goes into, uh, you know, it went to the Super Regionals. We know it didn't end the way everyone wanted it, (laughs) but it did. So you had that, and then the 2021 football season was the best year you've had since 2011, essentially. And then in Mm -hmm. the basketball 2011, or heading into the 2021-2022 season, you went to the Elite Eight. And, like, that stretch right there, it didn't get much better than that. I mean, that may have been the best stretch of Razorback, at least the major sports you've had in quite some time, maybe in this millennium. Like, it's been a long time. And now it, that just seems like it was so far away. I know we mentioned baseball, but when it comes to the football-basketball deal, this, this, this is teetering with maybe was it the 2017, 2018 year, like Mike Anderson's the last year. Also, Brett Bielma's last year slash Chad Morris. Like, it, it might be into that type of I'm glad you brought right that now.
3: year up, John, because I was just about to say, I think that this baseball team is going to be, like, the thing that we were. I mean, you know, we'll remember this football team going 4 A, but, like, that 2018 team was supposed to win the title and save everyone from what was a Chad Morris year and a Mike Anderson getting fired year in basketball. This is their shot at redemption, and they needed the football and basketball teams to stink to make this whole prophecy work. You know how Andy Bernard says you you wish you could know you were in the good old days before you've actually left them? Yeah. Folks, we're in the good old days. This is the good old days starting February, what is it, 15th, 16th? Uh, Let's put all our chips in this basket eggs in this basket not all chips the, the all the chips I don't know no, I mean you chips do I have basket left of left chips sometimes. Sometimes. is that what is what is it <laughs> chip on your shoulder is what I'm uh, i mixed up put a chip eggs on your shoulder and, and put your, in your, your eggs your, in the basket put your yes. egg yeah egg on your shoulder chip in the basket but I mean you
1: do have you do have a you know go to a Mexican restaurant that put chips in the that, there are too, chips so, that can you know. be in
3: baskets yeah. basket, that is not what I
2: meant in this case but what
1: I
3: mean is is winning the freaking national championship in baseball so like let's enjoy it while we can don't do this don't do this
1: they need something. They Curtis, need something. Yeah, I mean,
3: why not? If you're scared, go to church.
1: What, like, besides, what I'm are they going to do? Way. Say
2: we're wrong? Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> like, we get that no matter what it is.
3: I'm more confident in this than I am LL is getting six assists. That's for damn sure.
2: I'm done having expectations in anything. It's easier that way. Yeah, I'm done being hopeful. I'm done having hope in anything. At least until, I don't know, we see I, baseball I, for play, one, am right? not a coward.
3: So, I, I will go in expecting a national title. And if I don't get it,
2: then it will be just like mm-hmm. every other
3: year.
1: I'm expecting a national at least, title because that's what the baseball team basically told me that they're going to do like this. So well, now, well, if, if, if anybody's to blame, them. it's the baseball team. Don't blame me. I, I'm just the messenger. The baseball team told me they're going to win it this year. So therefore it's up to y'all. You guys got to win this one.
3: It literally is up to y'all though.
1: I'm, yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Like the baseball <laughs> team. You guys are the y'all ones. need to do it. <laughs> you guys are the ones that are going to be the difference maker uh, in this game too. So, uh, yeah, but that's it's just so funny because our comment section essentially just been that—just like baseball, like we'll save us baseball, <laughs> hopeful for baseball. Uh, some people are even talking about uh, you know the the softball team, which has done yeah. really well under Courtney. Should Diefeld. be good, yeah. So gymnastics yeah. rolling. We got it. Just whatever it is, whatever you can get, you can help out with, whatever it is, you can take. Uh, let, Although it I will happen.
3: say, the softball team has just now—they've had enough success now to where now if they don't have success, they will get yelled at. They haven't been getting yelled at when they get eliminated in the regionals or super regionals the last few years because it's like nobody expected the softball team. But now they've had enough success. They will get yeah. yelled at if they get bounced to their home regional this yes. year. Yes,
1: yes, they will. And rightfully so. Yeah. Because you, you built mean, the expectation. You, right. got to, you got to showcase it a little bit too. Uh, yeah, Ice Cold Mint Julep, one of our residential uh, watchers and commenters, says, how about that Dre Greenlaw performance? That's right. How about yeah, that? I wish I wish we could play the clip, but, you know, NFL stuff. But uh, how about Dre Greenwald getting the big pick yesterday? You think he had some action not going on down oh, for some so reason? So Curtis
3: and I yeah. talked about this. Uh, perfect segue right here for the in on the Natty State Sports Six Pack, which we debuted today on YouTube. Everyone, go check that out. We were talking about how you want the guys that know the spread and are fighting for your spread. Like Lane Kiffin as a coach is one guy you know he knows the spread. Whether or not his, I'm not saying his teams are going to cover every time, but if they're you know up by three and they're they're favored to win by eight, you can bet. He's going to keep that offense on the field, fourth and one they're going for. Like, he's aware <laughs> of stuff like that. I think that's what happened with Dre Greenlaw. I mean, he had they, he knew they were favored by nine and a half, and they were up by three. He needed to get in he the end zone, it. even if it meant potentially fumbling the ball and giving the, the opponent a chance to win. Dre, we support you, and uh, also, really awesome performance. I mean, he had the yep. game-sealing pick, but he had another pick earlier, I think eight or nine tackles. Good to see him. He's had an awesome
2: career. He's pretty elusive with the ball in his hands. Like, yeah, I I was even
1: going to say, as far as players that came in with zero expectations as a football player to Arkansas, and now, like, because Arkansas doesn't—they've had a lot of good pros for sure, but at least here recently, he might be the greatest type of story that you've had. Where you know he came in as a safety from Fayetteville High School,
3: one of the best Purple Dogs of all time. Yeah,
1: not not nothing like that. But then he just comes in and switches positions. Blows it up somehow, rises above the Chad Morris fiasco during that year to still be good enough to get drafted. His greatest accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, with the 49ers, he's not looked back. Like he has literally just been as constant as they come. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of maybe not to the level of like almost like a Jason Peters, where he wasn't a guy that Mm -hmm. was highly sought after in high school and kind of came in and uh, built his way up to start as a tight end and they moved him to all the line once he got to the NFL and dude is a Hall of Famer so it's just a really cool story to see that yeah. for Dre Greenlaw continuing to At improve. least
3: Jason Peters got to win some games at Arkansas. Dre Greenlaw really didn't get to win at Arkansas as well. I mean he was on that yes. 2015 team that was good. i was about to say he was actually a he true was there freshman
1: for, and played a bit there too. Yeah,
3: he was on a couple of those teams that like, you know, went 7 and 5 or whatever, but he really his last 2 years at Arkansas when he was good, they weren't good. And so I feel kind of bad. I'm glad that he's getting to be a part of a good team and be a good story on it.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, I, will, I want to bring this up. And speaking of the NFL, which you no, know, we don't talk a lot about, but it's, I think it's in general of the NFL, college football landscape and everything. Yesterday, uh, some really good games. Of course, the Bills and Chiefs game was one of the ones that everybody was so excited about and wanted to see how it happened. But there was a call in the game that, where the Chiefs didn't end up costing them the game. They ended up winning. But where the ball was fumbled as the Chiefs were trying to get into the end zone. And it goes out of the end zone for a touchback for the Buffalo Bills. Now, I have a lot of people that I follow on social media that are obviously Chiefs fans being in this area and whatnot. And they were irate. They were saying this rule's dumb. It needs to change. It sucks. Uh, I mean, and even people that weren't even Chiefs fans. Like, there's a lot of people that wanted that rule changed. And I started thinking about that particular rule because I always like to dive into any sort of changes I want to see happen in major football, especially in in college football and the NFL. But the question becomes with that rule. I don't think I actually want it changed. I know it seems a little unorthodox because if you fumble the ball going out of bounds, you keep the ball like the possession didn't change. You still get to keep possession of it and everything. They don't give you the four progress, but it changes. But if you fumble out of the end zone, it does seem pretty crazy that just one inch goes from you keeping the ball trying again to not only do you not get the ball, but you turn it over completely when the other team gets a touchback and it gets brought back to the 20-yard line. Like surely there's a better way, or is there a better way, to handle this type of thing? Because it's, it's not just the NFL, it's major college football too.
2: It is weird because like when a ball hits the turf, like there's a fumble. There's, I mean, there's a 50-50 chance, right? Like you're either going to recover or the other team is. And so, for I don't know. like You think about in, in basketball, when they'll do uh, like the jump ball in NBA, on some of those tie ups or stuff? Like, is there a way to you know, do something like that to settle the score? Like, let's, let's just get weird and go with some XFL style rules. Like, maybe you just uh, pick two players and go Oklahoma drill and see who wins. That's who gets the ball. I, I would want to do something cool like that as opposed to just some arbitrary rule or just keep it the same.
3: Well, you know, it's it's so devastating when it happens to you. Uh oh, I gotta man. shout out DJ Chark, who I went to high school with, who uh may have cost the Panthers a, a win in the final game of the year by doing that same thing, trying to dive at the one yard line. So say DJ know, Shark. 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 C H went to L S U. Uh anyways. No big great deal. guy. Shout out to DJ Shark if you're if you're tapped in with my content. Appreciate you. Uh but anyways, I, I think it's a tough rule. And so it's devastating when it happens to you, but You got to keep it. And I I actually have a tweet as evidence of why it's perfect. Uh, I don't know if y'all know Dragonfly Jones on Twitter. If not, I'm not going to explain his existence. I'm sure so. I have
1: no idea. Well, I'm
3: not going to explain his existence. But he tweeted, Reminder, the end zone fumble touchback rule makes perfect sense. The field is the battlefield. End zones are a team's fort. An unaccompanied football rolling into a team's fort belongs to them. Battlefield doesn't belong to anyone. So fumble out of bounds there stays with the offense. So that's, that's actually why it's different. Pretty, you know what I, I mean? I've like, never heard that, but that is a great thing. You can't throw a ball without, like, if you, obviously, if you possess the ball and you get it to your team, to the other team's fort for this exercise, yeah, that's a touchdown, but you can't just throw it. You know, you can't just, I guess, you can't just throw a gun towards the enemy's battlefield. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to, yeah. you got to, you got to bring it over there. I guess you actually can throw some things at enemy's battlefields, but not a football and not have it count for points. So, not,
1: not at least in that regard. There's
3: got to be, there's got to be some penalty for it. And I think uh, losing the football and having your opponent take it to the 20, like the fact that it's at the 20 makes it, you know, it's touchbacks. So it's like, if they get it at like, I don't know, I guess, I think it just makes perfect sense. Everything about it.
2: Hmm.
1: see, that's the thing is I never had an issue with it, but it's one of those rules that we see. It's only an issue when it happens in a game and it changes. like, it could have yeah. changed the complete outcome of a game. Oh, I, I remember times that Arkansas even benefited from this, where I think it was Mississippi state game of 2011 on the road. It was a hostile environment against Mississippi State and Dan Mullen's team. And Arkansas was down. Yeah. And I want to say it was either an overtime. It was in overtime. Yeah, wa- it, That's right. It was in overtime. Yeah. And Arkansas only got a field goal. Or no, they failed to the score.
3: i was about to say I'm pretty yeah, sure Arkansas I go I back say, and look. Hawker missed I watched War Machine's video of this in the offseason. I don't know, maybe in the July. I think Arkansas missed, Hawker missed like his third kick of his career. Yes. In that yes. overtime after that's they right. fumbled out the back of that's the end, right. end zone. But and it yeah. but it
1: fumbled it into the end zone. Mississippi State did. And Arkansas either I, mean, I have to go back. They either got another opportunity in overtime or because Hawker missed it, mm-hmm. that was the way of, of him yeah. getting it. But either way, it's like sometimes it's benefited your team. And when it benefits your team, hey, that's rules are rules, you know. you hey, don't want to argue with that. Right. But it's one of those rules that gets brought up only when it goes against your so team. So what do you think like.
3: people what do people think should happen? Like the people that
1: are that's against what, it, that was gonna they, be my question. Do they want it to yeah, like just be
3: you keep the ball, but it's at the twenty. Like I don't you know, that doesn't make any sense.
1: I I you know, I've Talk to people who have and i even saw people on twitter yesterday talking about oh, well just be asking me hey what do you, if you're so against this rule what do you think should happen and, and somebody said like oh you know you get it brought back to the 10 yard line but you still keep the ball i was like mm. that seems confusing yeah. i think you should and give
3: me six points i don't know like right. yeah, I'm sure, yeah i'm sure yeah. Like, like, you yeah. would <laughs> want the ball at the 10 yard line yeah <laughs>
1: like, of course you would but uh i don't know i don't know if there's a right answer to that or not but it's certainly is one that people will get frustrated with, which of all the rules to get fixed in football, I feel like that's pretty low on the priority
3: list. Yeah. Like yeah. targeting. How about like that one? Your season ends on fourth down, like really doing four downs here, huh? We don't think we could do a fifth, <laughs> huh? No. Nobody no. wants a fifth, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know,
1: well, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, the, the you know that field goal that the uh, Bills missed wide right. Well, I guess, you know... <laughs> Since when do we have to have the field goal? Like The uprights should be wider, honestly. I love when people do
3: the bit where they're like, we should just take kickers out of the game completely. Like, just move it out, especially after their team loses a game that came down to a field goal where it's like... I mean, yeah, what's
1: the point of special teams, you know? Like, you can't kick off to anybody anymore. No, everybody's fair catching punts. So, let's just get away with special teams. The only time you can talk
3: me into a rule change is if it's like a rule that is benefiting a certain group of people or, you know, if it's waiting one way or the other, but like... The end zone fumble, it's not like, oh, it's going to really hammer teams who like to dive at the goal line. You know, it's like, it doesn't mm. really, everyone's playing with the same set of rules, so I don't think the rule really matters that much. Mm. You know, obviously, because like that's what happens, is when teams get screwed by it in a very obvious way, that's when we have these big rule changes. This one just feels like an unfortunate, like, it happened, but it's not like the Saints pass interference, where it was clear, you remember a few years ago when they oh, lost? Yeah, like That I one was clear, that one. whereas like, that was a messed up situation, where like one team benefited. The fumble thing just feels like tough football like i I wish that if he threw an interception it didn't count against you too like Mm -hmm. i'm sure
1: well and it was also in that same thing that's what made him hey for this year we're going to review pass interference
3: yeah they did it and that was a disaster and And then they take it away
1: so at least give him credit for trying something (laughs) new you know trying to make it right but that was just yeah an unmitigated disaster I I still think targeting needs to be looked at, but, you know, we're, since it is basketball well, and it gets baseball. Looked
3: at. It gets looked at six
1: times a but game. Like, ba- like, for right now, basketball, major basketball, whether it's the NBA or college landscape, it's like, what, is there a rule that's going on right now that just you hate and you want to change, like, right now? Cause I, I mean, I can't think of one, at least in basketball, people talk about charge and, you know, offensive fouls and blocks or whatever, but I don't know. I feel like I just basketball think basketball should
3: be officiated a little bit differently, but not rules-wise. I just think, like, you know, how about should be four quarters? quarters in college basketball? I, that's that what I was is about the to one, say. Yeah. Like,
2: I, you know, in every other level, like it's, you know, women, they play, you know, four quarters. And high school, you play high four school. quarters. NBA, you play four quarters. Elementary college, you play ball. two halves. I think that, and then, uh, you know, advancing the ball um, on time. Yeah. On time time house, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to see that. I know Musk would love to see that. But I say that, and, you know, you get some of those crazy drawn up like full court plays and uh, teams do the football thing. Yeah, <laughs> so that that's actually kind of cool. So I could I could probably do without that I guess. But yeah, the quarters I think you got to do that. I'm kind of happy with the with the block charge moves that they have made. I it's yeah I have in mind. I, I mean it's everyone was complaining when it was Jalen Williams out of there course, getting yeah uh, I, like did, 50 I didn't charges even think about it until it someone said when's the last time Arkansas took a charge? And I'm like when's the last time anybody took a charge? And I don't miss it. So. Here's what
3: I really, I mean, I don't know if this needs real legislation changing it. The fact that there's a freaking media timeout every four minutes, that's absurd. Like, I think it should be kind of open to interpretation. Like, I understand there's just set times or whatever, but... We're in media. How often does it... <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, we well, I mean, you got
1: You got to get your commercials in, folks. Sure, you I mean, can get your commercials you in, do. but how
3: often does it work out where there's like a timeout at the 4.37 mark, and then there's like a huge stoppage in play, or there's something like... Eight minutes of real time go by, and there's no timeout, and then there's like back-to-back media timeouts. Like I understand and the theory of like oh under sixteen, but it with the stoppages sometimes it doesn't really work out that way, and you end up having timeouts at different times. It's just and it feels like a lot.
2: And imagine covering a basketball team where the coach actually called timeouts. How yeah. much? How much? How crazy? <laughs> no, I kind it would of feel forgot like, about. You know? Shout
3: out to Musk calling two in the first half the other day. Though, yeah, but like yeah, within Musk, thirty more seconds timeouts.
2: of each other. Yeah, like that was crazy because he just. You know and he doesn't do that but he started doing a little bit more last year i think because he had all those freshmen and this year it, there are times where you know I, like he's really you know kind of getting involved and in, in calling those timeouts and trying to rally the troops and there are other times where it's just like painfully obvious that you need one and he's almost mm-hmm. like hell with it man like I'm, I'm like i'm not doing it i think about that lip game again when they were just cratering at simmons bank arena again and those dudes are just hitting shot after shot. Arkansas's not getting anything done, and must is just sitting there like...
1: <laughs> it's yep. almost
2: like, I don't know, guys. Well, and <laughs> like I like, What's he going to say?
1: Yeah, well, I like the fact that you stick with what you, you're good at because there, mm-hmm. there were times where, you know, like, again, it always goes back to what works and what doesn't work. I remember when Mike Anderson was coaching at the end of games, they, like, he always called a timeout. Or no, he never called He never called a timeout. He never called a timeout. And then when Kai Madden or Anton Beard or somebody would just throw up some garbage, and it didn't—you didn't have Quals to put it back or Portis to put it back—and you lost the game, everyone's just like, "Why aren't you taking a timeout?" So it's it's—it's just again, if mm-hmm. it's—if it worked and you just let the guys play, and then maybe Kai hit those shots or Anton hit those shots or whatever, people would be a lot more apt to. Agree with it, but because they don't work, so people are going to be like, oh, so it's got to go the opposite direction. You need to start doing this
3: in every occasion. As an elite basketball mind, John, I'm here to inform you. The reason they don't call timeouts is so the defense doesn't get set up. I think Mike Anderson probably thought about it. I, this is why I'm going to defend Mike. Yeah, but, for a yeah second. But,
1: but Mike never set up anything anyway. So but it's that's like, what, okay, that's, but what that's what, why I'm defending right, it is right.
3: because if we're going to call a timeout, I better call something great. Like if you're going to call a timeout, you better have the play that's going to crush. If not, you're stupid for letting the defense get set up and making it harder. So I think Mike just tends and must is kind of like this too, honestly tends to just let his players make that decision and they'll trust them to do it against whoever. And I mean, must the Mason Jones through that we were talking about the other day. They didn't call time out for that one. And obviously that wasn't the That's best look, true. but I think like not letting the defense get set up is almost, especially in college basketball, when every offense sucks, like nobody can shoot in college basketball, like making a shot just kind of comes down to if your guy makes a shot or not. So it's like, I'm, I'm honestly team no timeout at the end of the game,
1: but also makes you wonder too. Like thinking about when Tremont Mark hit that buzzer beat against a If a hadn't taken a timeout, or was it because they didn't take the timeout? So if they hadn't taken the timeout, like After
2: Arkansas didn't yeah. foul up three. Like, would they well, that comes down it? to where it's That's like, true. we, we could oh, man, man, we can just face it all. Whatever the most recent about result.
1: fouling up three. I am the bi- I'm the biggest proponent of fouling when you're up three.
2: Yeah, Mus yeah. doesn't like to do that, and that and that wasn't really that situation there. But just in yeah. general, he just he doesn't do that, and it's crazy how. The coaches are on such opposite ends of the spectrum on that. Like, you can't talk them down either way. Like, they're just vehemently against it. Or the analytics guys are like, it's the numbers, man. You got to do it. What do you mean? I'd do it. I would always do it.
3: It's crazy how, by the way, this is a crazy segue, but I'm glad you brought up the numbers. It's funny to watch football coaches over the last like eight years start listening to these dweebs. Like, Sam Pittman has a guy who tells him whether or not to go for it on fourth down, and you got these like, Big linemen, football coaches that are be that are sitting here going through the numbers and getting it explained to them. That cracks me up. Well, if that, Sam
2: didn't have somebody to tell him to do that, like he just flip a coin and make a decision. So I didn't know what to do, so I let the crack yeah. run out. I mean, of
1: come on, the old <laughs> shrug. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Sam I, and I Brett are are first again. team
3: all. Every time the camera cuts, them they look confused. Bellemar was really the king of that. Like he's an. Well, just
1: had he just Bielema had like kind of the same look always, yeah. anyways. Which is like, not the look never, you
3: want to see when, when the camera cuts to your head coach. You like, don't want to see that look. <laughs>
1: no, but I think like he was Bioma was so like when even when he was mad, his face didn't change really. He's like, he didn't have the eyebrows, he didn't have the eyes. Go like it wasn't anything like that. Now, Petrino, you could mm. tell his emotions. Like he didn't, and, and same thing with even Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt, his emotions were just going a mile minute, but
2: uh, there Houston was Houston Nutt is his own emotion.
3: Houston nut almost should have been a college basketball coach with how expressive he is. Cause that's really like the co- <laughs> coaches in college basketball are pretty expressive where it's like every time you cut to them, you're getting a different. Well, thing. Also
1: just the amount of like energy and nonstop stuff like nut would have been cause he doesn't stop. So probably would have been pretty good too, or it may have been more stressful. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how coaches handle their emotions, handle their things. Must is pretty expressive. I feel like, I would say slightly. So. Yeah. You could say that. Slightly, a little expressive. So, uh, but listen, we got a lot more to talk about here on the John Neighbors Show, folks, as uh, we're going to dive into something about court storming. I think it's fascinating. If something that happened yesterday dealing with a women's basketball game. But was it actually a noteworthy appearance or was it flopping? We'll talk about that in a lot more coming up next on the John Neighbors Show here live from Natty State Sports Studios. We not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we not done. We not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we not done. We not done yet either. 1,843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks could be heard all the way to San Francisco. Well, let's dig my dick in the mashed potato. Go Hawks.
4: Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbor Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios.
1: This is the second hour of the John Neighbors show here live from Natty State Sports. Appreciate everybody listening in. John Neighbors alongside Andrew Ellis and Curtis Wilkerson is we've had a lot of things to talk about today dealing with the Razorback basketball team and the suffering that I know a lot of you fans are having to go through uh, with the uh, nonsensical uh, parts of this team that you really don't want to deal with and nobody wants to deal with that I don't even want to deal with. So uh, this is something though we were talking about rules in, in the previous segment and you know, talking a little NFL and everything, but this was something that really got a lot of people talking and, um, uh, Caitlin Clark, which for those of you who uh, may not know for sure, one way or the other, she is a pretty phenomenal and pretty well-known, uh, college basketball player on the women's side of things. Well, she is playing horse playing for Iowa and they were going up against Ohio State. Well, on the road, Ohio State gets the victory, and just in true college basketball fashion, anytime there's an upset, guess what? You're going to rush the court. Now, rushing the court isn't exactly controversial, although it could be. But here, it ended up being a little bit controversial because of what happened with Caitlin Clark. Take a watch for those of you watching here. Uh, right there, boom! Runs into a fan. Caitlin Clark falls on the ground. She's on the ground for a while. Her players and teammates come over there trying to. You know, talk to her and make sure she's okay. Boom, there it goes again. And it was like, oh, jeez, court storming. And she ended up uh, you know, being on the ground for a little bit. I think she went to the press conference after the game. And, you know, I said she was fine, but it was just scary and whatnot. So that right there, you've seen it a few times. Now we can continue to kind of put it on loop. But when you see that video, what's your immediate
3: reaction to that?
2: My immediate reaction is that Caitlin Clark is way too good of a basketball player to not be able to sell that flop better than she did.
3: Yeah, that was a tough, especially because it wasn't a, a large person, I don't believe, that she ran into. And I don't know if, I mean, I've seen other angles of it. Now, my immediate reaction to this one, Curtis actually sent me a tweet with this one, and it said Caitlin Clark gets decked yeah. after or whatever. I can't remember what That's it That's exactly was. what it said, yeah. And I remember watching the video <laughs> expecting a mauling to happen. So yeah. I was really, I went into this being like, holy cow, I got to watch this. So, so when I saw this, I was kind of like, ah, it wasn't as bad as I thought.
1: Well, it's like, look at uh, look at this right here. This is their different alternate angle. Ah, here we are. Like, look at this.
2: Come on, man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm b-
1: so here's the thing is like, I am someone who is all about player safety, and I'm a huge proponent of making sure everybody is safe that's on the court and court stormings, you know, you, you got to make sure. But this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know what is happening here. Because extension of listen, the arms you run into Katelyn it with, like, the, the head going back and the twisting and being on the ground. Yeah, like, she hit the full 360, man. You know, how many, you, you know how many people have probably taken a lot bigger and tougher hit than that?
3: I think like, this should make on. everyone feel good about Caitlin Clark's future as a basketball player because you know what this reminds me of, John? This reminds me of a LeBron James move. Dude, that I mean, is this a LeBron, LeBron James. James LeBron like James, whenever his layup <laughs> didn't quite go down and all of a sudden Jason Terry slapping him on the wrist is the hardest hit he's ever taken. And look, I'm a huge LeBron defender best basketball player of all time, best athlete of our generation. I'm a huge Caitlin Clark defender, but that's what this is here. This is a massive flop. And yeah, look, I, I'm actually a
1: Caitlin Clark fan too, yeah. but this is pathetic. I think we might call PI on Caitlin Clark.
3: I see extension yeah, dude, like, of those arms. do well, you not See yeah. this girl running. Like, that's, well, that's full, full on Nate
1: thing. Oates. If you look,
3: she gives her a little bit of a
1: shove. I don't know, man. I how, how how you not see this person coming in hot with her phone. And like, look at this. Yeah. You're, There's you're, a lot your, of where's was, court vision. <laughs> There's yeah. a Where's lot your of court vision on this? Like, how do you not see this person running and you don't try to, like, it's almost like you don't try to hug. Because usually if I saw someone getting, I'd kind of use my arms. She didn't even use her hands. She just, like, runs her shoulder into it.
2: I think Kaylin Clark like, wrapped up in and the girl is, is the other girl okay? Probably. I mean, so. I'm, I'm sure I she is
1: do. just fine. I'm sure she is just fine. I feel like fine. she took
2: the brunt of it.
1: I'd I'd like to know, it, like, she's got her phone out. I'd like to know if she still has the video of that. uh Whatever video she was mm-hmm. taking, she was running out
2: there. Did she fumble or did she hold on to yeah, it? Yeah, maybe there's some oh, audio there that
1: we can
3: get. It. I, I think didn't she see kept a fumble, it. but she fell out of frame, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: This is just sad. <laughs> like that, that was the thing that was really just disappointing to me. It's sad that this is a real thing that gets talked about now. And, of course, this gets brought up. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> court storming? We need to have a discussion about this and making sure that people know that the dangers of court storming. and all that. Okay, and I'm like, fine. If we want to have a discussion about that, that's fine. This is not going to be the reason why we discuss it. No, No, absolutely
2: not. And it's kind of funny, though. Like, you have these situations where, you know, like fans can go crazy and and give you the business the entire game and chant at you or or say whatever, call you whatever names, and they can storm the floor. And and there's risk involved, you know, with the players out there and and all that. Uh, But then, like, there's almost more outrage if you think about the Duke game over the weekend when uh, Pitt comes to town and beats Duke, and then the Blake Henson kid who was getting the business the entire night from the Cameron Crazies stands on the table at Press Row and he's kinda, taunting the Cameron that. Crazies, and everybody's like, "Whoa, that. whoa, buddy, whoa!" I think so, I just
3: think like there should be legislation. I think it's great with court storming and with all of this. If you beat a good enough opponent, or if you beat a good enough player like Caitlin Clark in this example generational talent. If you beat Caitlin Clark at home, you should be able to storm the court. And like, I'm not saying he should be able to do anything, but we got to play by a different set of rules. When the win is big enough, I feel like if the win's big enough and you beat Duke on the road, which is something that, you know, most humans will not feel in their lives. You should be able to stand up on press row and say whatever you want. I mean, there's, there's, there's laws to abide by. Like I said, there's there's security who can pull him off if he goes crazy, but I think you should, you should get to have your moment.
2: If my team can beat Duke, at home and it's court storm worthy Then, if my team beats duke on the road my best player can stand on the table and taunt their student section i think it's just fair
1: i have no problem with what he did going up there and you know having the confidence to go on because listen as someone as someone who was an astute member of the front row of the student section at the university of arkansas (laughs) uh the trough as it's uh, often referred to the things we said sometimes to people it was never so offensive that it was considered to be like, like basically where you could get, you know, some sort of major trouble, canceled. If, it's you, not if hate you will, speech. it wasn't hate speech. <laughs> it was just more. You know, sometimes we get a little personal with people. Sometimes we maybe go on their social media a little bit and find mm-hmm. out exactly what's going on in their lives and maybe bring it up a little bit. Maybe we got their phone number and decided to text them as a volleyball player of their respective school and act like we wanted to go out on a date with them that night, but instead they wanted to play Call of Duty. I'm looking at you, Willie Colley-Stein. Like sometimes (laughs) that stuff just kind of happened. So if that happened, though, and if we just gave it to them and they ended up beating our brains in or they ended up having a big game, a lot of times they came over, a lot of times they maybe just looked over, said something, whatever it was, But every single time they did, I had no issue with it. I took no. I was like, "Man, we gave you all we had. You know, we we can't get out there and play, but we gave you all you had, all we had, and you took care of business." So, like, I that's the respect I have uh, for for someone like that, like James Southern. We talked about that Syracuse game Hmm. where he went for thirty five points. We're just like, can't do anything about this dude. Dude's just electric. Dude's just amazing. You remember Same when thing.
3: Trey Young hit hit a shot in Madison Square Garden in the playoffs against the Knicks, and he says, "It's quiet as bleep in here." Yeah, I love that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Like players giving it back to the fans of just like some of the best moments we think about in basketball or in sports are like fans or court players giving it back to the fans. I think at JJ Redick when he was at Duke and when they would go on oh, the road yeah. and the way that he was getting. I mean, because when I was, a, that was oh, kind of yeah. one of the first college basketball stars I was super into. The way he would like I, I remember them playing at Florida State and him giving it to that crowd, like that that kind of stuff is what makes this sport fun. So it's like, we you know if we can't have it, then like what can we have? Yeah, but I also like going back the,
2: to the like the rules things. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it like if if a player hits a big shot and he turns to the student section, like gives him the bird or whatever, MFs him, okay, right, like fine, yeah. whistle him, give him the tech, whatever. But if he turns to the student section and, you know, does the too small or gives him the three right. goggles or whatever. Uh, you gotta let that stuff go. Like you have to let that happen.
3: I mean, we're not asking for the wild, wild west here. No, we're not saying they no, should be able to do whatever. Get but some yeah, leeway going. Like That's well, like
1: I always think back to the, probably the most famous. And I'm gonna call it a gif. I don't care if you call it a gif. I'm calling it a gif. But one of the ones that uh, Marshall Henderson from Ole Miss going up to those Auburn fans.
3: When he, you know, he, uh, like
1: well, cause he, well, he, he did. You do, he would do the it. land shark yeah. thing, but like he <laughs> after he hit a shot. And those Auburn students, this is back when they were just the doormat of the SEC. I think it was when uh, uh, the coach that's now, that's uh, Barbie, Tony Barbie, Barbie was there. Uh, like, he beat him, and he just goes over, and he gets his jersey and flashes him like that. And they're, they're cussing at him, throwing the birds. And then this old man stands up on the courtside, like, hey, you get back. No type of thing. <laughs> but I love that. I was like, hey, yeah. Because they probably gave him, especially somebody like him, a lot of grief during the game. Oh, no so doubt. So if you come up and yeah. win, let it happen. Let it fly. Like you said, no, you know, don't throw them the birds and don't you know make too much of an idiot out of yourself. But just let them have it and, and let them see about it. And I'm, I am all for that. It's just also know things may get thrown at you. Yeah. You're just going to have to own it and you're going to have to get out of there. Maybe do it quickly so before anybody gets the courage but I'm, I'm are, all for stuff
2: like that. Are we jaded because we, we cover the program where the coach jumps on said press table with his shirt off or throws the well, L to okay. the opposing fans? I don't I, even know. I thought, right. I yeah, thought right. both of those things were awesome too. I'm well, just well, what saying. it comes
3: down to for me is follow rules. Don't follow unwritten rules. Everybody yeah. always freaks out about like what's over the line, like horns down. This is an unwritten rule. You cannot freak out and cry over an unwritten rule. Same with like, you know, flashing your jersey or doing the too small or like staring down your opponent i hate when they give technicals for staring at someone down where it's like right. is it disrespectful sure does he mean it condescendingly sure but it's like if he's not doing anything if he's not saying
2: anything crazy yeah like who so, are you to assume intent and so like, i
3: think about that all the time because in baseball obviously anytime someone pimps a home run it's a big deal anytime a pitcher gets a strikeout and and it's celebrates it's a big it. deal if, as long as they don't break any actual rules like they're not Flipping the bird, yelling curse words, or like, you know, doing any inappropriate gestures. Let's, let's roll. Let's play yeah, ball. I'm I, with
1: you. I, I want that. I, I want the players to have fun. I want to have fun. And let's be honest, if it's our team that's doing those things, we would probably be wanting to do the same thing. 100%. And, you know, there's a certain line that you don't want to cross and be disrespectful. I've always felt like, hey, fun celebrations in college football with your team. Like if you want to go out there and all act, oh, act like you're rowing a boat, do it. I think that should be allowed. Mm-hmm. But if you are purposely taunting somebody, then I get why. Like at least in the college ranks, like I get it. Sure. But just have let the players have some fun with it. Go along with it, man, and just you know don't don't try to take the creativity out of the minds of the kids and the student athletes so that they could put together some great celebrations and some uh, great iconic trolling of the opposing fan base.
3: Well, and also what it comes down to is like Texas and Duke and all these iconic programs are the ones that get so offended. It's, it's kind of a sign of respect when they do that to you, whether it's the player acknowledging the fans, like that's kind of their way of validating what you're doing. Like if you're a fan and you're chirping at a player, what are you trying to do if not get a reaction? It's, it's because mm-hmm. they're jealous. It's because they never sure. get
1: the storm, a court storm. Like I, my buddy of mine, who's an Alabama football fan, he's just like, "I'd love to be a part of a, a field storm one day." I'm like, "But you can't." But right. You're good. Actually, well, then okay. a good thought. If yeah. you
3: win titles, you don't get like. I mean, we'll, we'll take that trade. If you want to trade, we'll be the prominent program I, I that wins. Will the never,
1: I will never storm the field again. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if you give like, me 12 like, <laughs> national titles, I probably won't be that yeah, interested I, I, in it. Either. I'll, I'll never do that ever. Because I was <laughs>
3: trying to think as as
1: Mus as the coach at Arkansas. Have anybody stormed the court against Arkansas since Mus has been? I here? don't think so. Mm. And
3: that's, that's disrespectful. Truly is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think And so. I mean, they're not going to do it anytime soon.
2: No. I mean, not not this year. Nobody's storming this Mizzou year, this season.
3: But yeah. I mean, they did. They beat them last year in Missouri, and they didn't storm. So it's like doesn't mean that they didn't
1: want to, though. Uh you know, they probably I were if you're really thinking it, about it. They probably were like, you know what, let's consider
2: it. And then, nah. I mean, then, if they're celebrating their first SEC win, and yeah, they might. Trevin you know, Brazil, they might, they might go beat. there
3: Yeah, especially if Trevin has like two points on one of seven, or you know, yeah.
1: Those Missouri fans were pretty horrible against Trevin Brazil. Yeah, geez. I'll say that. Like, and that's another I thing they I really got are. ripped for by Missouri fans for like calling it out on uh, Michael Bratton's SEC podcast. Cause I was like, hey, listen, you know, you should have seen some of the stuff that they were saying uh, about Brazil, like really horrible things. And then when I bring that up, Missouri fans are like, oh, Razorback fans said things too. I was like, Tru- please try to find me anything where a true, legitimate Razorback fan actually went out on social media and said, I really am going to celebrate, and I am very thankful that that Missouri player had an injury that completely ruined their season, and you were glad for it. Like, if you find me that type of tweet, then maybe you have a case. But there were multiple things like that from Missouri fans about Trevin Brazil and the hatred that they have for him. So uh, I don't think that there's been enough... Like I am more hated or heated type of thing than what Br- uh, Missouri fans feel towards Trevin Brazil and Arkansas. It's really Arkansas. It's, it's just yeah. really Trevin Brazil right. in basketball.
2: It's it's odd behavior. And you know, my theory right now is like that game might be what Trevin Brazil needs to you know have a fire lit under him and start playing good basketball again. Like maybe we're just going to wait until he goes oh. to Mizzou. Like if he doesn't bring it for that one, I just don't think it's going to be brought.
3: What I mean, hey, we talk it's funny that we're def- <laughs> you know. we're, we're now coming to the defensive term in Brazil. All we say is he needs to play better basketball. That's all we say. We if don't he, say anything crazy. If he agree with that yeah. too,
2: like that's right. a problem. So hey, if I, I think he know. knows.
3: <laughs> Goodness. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it is I, it's so funny to me that how closely fan bases monitor players that transfer out. And look, I I get it. You know, I think it's valuable and interesting to like kind of keep track of it, but to re- truly wish bad on these guys, like if you're an Arkansas fan and you're going to be like hate watching KJ next year you're an idiot honestly yeah, like, if you're really like watching him hoping he doesn't have success that's weird behavior be weird. like i just hope y'all understand that is weird to like wish especially someone like kj who like you know sure he literally holds record.
1: all your records right and it's
3: yeah. like if you want to argue whether or not he was the best quarterback ever you can do that but it's like he didn't do anything wrong as a person or like uh, you know he, he he did what he had to do well, he not only that, his but it's like, also
1: like if you're a, a guy like kj since you used him as an example like kj is coming off like was went four and eight last year on a team that a lot of Razorback fans are kind of like yeah we suck and we're mad and we're not happy. It, it so it's almost like they justify it. You know anybody that transferred out under Chad Chad Morris? I was like, get it, right. totally get it. I wouldn't want to be here either. Right. But it, it's the times where you do have success like Joe Fouché, Greg Brooks, like those guys when they left, they're like, wait a minute, you we had a better year than LSU did last year. You ran over to get the boot and you were so excited when you got the boot. We're coming off of a nine and four year and then you transfer there. Mm -hmm. You know, like you were Joe Fouché, you were a captain of the team and you transfer there. Like that's when I feel like razorback fans or just fans in general get the like frustrations that come along with somebody transferring out. That to me is when it really gets angry from the fan perspective overall, there too.
3: Yeah. And I mean, look, if you want to do that kind of stuff, fine. But even then, like wishing for them to not do well. And I get it if it's like you have some resentment or you just like are like, hey, screw those guys, we don't care. But uh, I just think it's so funny to watch people like justify and rationalize stuff. Like people, I mean, I I understand, that, you know, speaking to that same point about Mike Woods, like why fans were frustrated that he left the way he did and his exit. That was BS. We all know it's BS. But it's like, you know, just a he's a kid though. At the end of the day, I mean, he yeah, because who's well, I was who, even before few, they were getting paid, so it's like yeah. It's,
1: so who is the like public enemy number one for transfer out in Arkansas Razorback history? I, like, he's got to be, the, as far as a transfer out of the program, not not like Malik mm. Monk who never even I mean, even like, started. does Mitch
3: Mustaine count in this, in this yeah, regard? But I don't think he's public enemy number no, one. No, he's definitely like, I don't think
1: enemy. people hate him because it's not like he went no. to USC and balled out. He did I don't not, think it would no. be
3: him. Um, Damien Williams balled out at USC, though. But he's not, again, not public enemy number right, one. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, There
2: hasn't been a basketball guy that transferred out, like, under bad terms. That, Shout
3: out to Hunter Mickelson, though, because I remember tweeting yeah. at the Liberty Bowl that it was the Hunter Mickelson Bowl, and he liked it. I
1: think that there were actually people that really did not like Rodney Clark when he left. Oh yeah. He was a like, he was a big he, one, yeah. He was
3: a big if one. If he had left in an era where Arkansas basketball were like cooler, like if, if he were there now and did that,
2: maybe. Right. I understood that. I was upset about it. I understood it. Right. Yeah. No, um, I,
1: I was upset about it too, because I felt like Rodney was in my mind at the time, like, Oh, he'd be man, he'd be great in Mike Anderson's system. And I mean, he had to go up and play for uh, you know, Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. What does that guy know about basketball anyways? <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but that, those would be like the only ones that really come to mind. I mean, I'm sure that there's more, and I'm sure that there's more that are not even that, like it doesn't even matter as much. But uh, I think that just transfers and time heals a lot of wounds. I mean, I think people even to this day who had so much vitriol towards Malik Monk, I think that they're even over that. I think that they're kind of like, ah, eh, we're over it. But
3: Oh, Jalen uh, Catalan oh, just got yeah. thrown in the comments. He's, again, not, maybe not public enemy number one, but he's up there in terms of... Yeah. I mean, that's one where fans were every week there was a thread on 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 the boards about oh, Jalen Cadillac only played 12 snaps. Screw that guy. And I'm like, dude, yeah. relax. Mm. Well, I think it's yeah. just also because again, sir, every circumstance
1: is different. Going from being an all-American in Arkansas and going to Texas yeah. is what's really gonna make it bad. That's why I think nobody's gonna have issues with KJ Jefferson because like it goes to UCF. Yeah. You know, now if you yeah. went to Ole Miss or Auburn. Probably be a lot more there. Or if he went to Missouri or something, probably be a lot more there. But, like, yeah, whatever, have fun. You know, rooting for you over here because you're not a threat. That's when it becomes a thing. They only root for the ones that
3: aren't in their minds viewed as a threat. Well, you know, honestly, we were talking about people that transfer out. The people that Arkansas fans really hate are the ones that just don't ever come, like Malik Monk. Like, those are the ones, like Doriel Green Beckham, and those are the ones that are really public enemy number one, and those are the ones that
2: Arkansas fans are
3: truly reading the box scores every week and praying on their so oh, People
2: want Pittman fired now because Landon Jackson's brother is going to Texas, you know, instead of coming to Arkansas. So.
1: I mean, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm a Razorback fan <laughs> as much as anybody, but you're really going to get that upset for a player who's a high-level player choosing Texas right now than Arkansas? I mean, I mean especially when he's not like an in-state kid, you know? Right. It's like, you're really going to get upset by that?
3: and it's not Landon Jackson's had a great career. It has a great two seasons was really good last year. It's not like Landon Jackson is some homegrown, like staple of the program had nine years here. I mean, he's had, he's had two really good years here in Arkansas. Loves him, but I mean, it's not like his little brother has to go to Arkansas. It's not like one of those things.
1: No. In fact, we've seen a lot of cases where, um, you know, players that had their relatives or brothers or whatever at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Was, some of them did go and, you know, really didn't pan out. You think about, you know, Chris Gragg and Will Gragg. Like, Will Greg yeah. just did not work out and he was a big time player. You know, it just wasn't there. And he's been a rough
3: go mm-hmm. of it for legacy tight end brothers. Yeah, it's about say the Henry's. Yeah, the Henrys, man. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> yeah the, the,
1: the <laughs> really? Henry's with Hunter Henry. And then Hayden Henry was one that was, I was like, okay, yeah, I like a walk on yeah. linebacker. Actually ended up being a, Significant yeah. role player on that defense, and then Grant Hudson Morgan. Henry, who was everyone was like, Oh, this guy's gonna be just as
2: good if Hunter Henry, not if not better. And SEC all freshman team after having like 158 receiving yards,
3: <laughs> and
1: that was Co- yeah, COVID was
2: not real, man. Any award anyone <laughs> won during the
3: 2020 any season,
1: yeah, it not does real. not matter. I don't even remember who won the Heisman, was that Devontae Smith?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah so makes yeah, that's sense. No, but any, yeah, uh, but yeah, same thing, with Drew Morgan, Grant Morgan, yeah. you know, they've had some times where legacies like, are even like sons and uh, dads and their sons like ron and ronnie burr
3: you know, i'd say that one works worked out. out pretty well
1: yeah, yeah. but there, i don't think there's been as many of those at least for uh fathers and sons
3: someone says beckham black in 2028
1: beckham yeah you got to
2: get that kid anthony blacks mm-hmm. his brother. little
1: brother oh yeah dude yeah. like I, that kid, dude's good and they look yeah. just like it's crazy I'd say do you yeah. if, if if you're going to be a part of that uh family be a great basketball player you got to have the hair to go along with it too yeah like mm-hmm. That's that's something that uh, you know is pretty iconic. But yeah, he seeing them like on the basketball court after every game in Bud Walton Arena, uh, and just playing around. I'm like, I could say maybe one day, day was, I watched that kid play when around on the court, <laughs> and he ends up being in the NBA. He's so. just a
3: young
2: whippersnapper. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Razorback fans really do love scouting the kids when they're 13. Yeah, they like that.
1: <laughs> it's kind of weird um because even like i feel like kane archer you know the one from yeah. like oh, yeah. fans mm-hmm. have been scouting him for that, a minute that's
3: exactly who i was thinking <laughs> yes they've been scouting him for a minute and it's <laughs> I also because i've mean, been hearing about that cat since he was like nine and i'm like geez, i'm tired of getting dms about this kid yeah, yeah so, especially with like like like, the, the greenwood, the greenwood like, connection grok. let's let them let's let him grow up first
1: yeah they're not going to do that uh but yeah there's there's been a few of those you know like season in state kids and, and things that like that happen too but yeah. speaking of that uh, i don't know if anyone remembers it but you know, Courtney Forts when we played at Arkansas again, I was in the student section, but they handed out Courtney Forts and wigs. I still have yeah, them I remember day. that. Like Did it, they was, really? it was, I don't yeah, remember it was that. literally the the dreads and everything. Or I guess it was a corn it was I can't remember. It was it was dreads cuz it, yeah, it was a full on, yeah. 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 It had pull and then like it had a rubber band in the back and mm-hmm. you had a headband on. <laughs> <laughs> I still Big to this time, day man. have it. It was the coolest thing ever. And I remember uh <laughs> people also used it because of I guess Lil Wayne's latest album that oh, come yeah. out the carter three or whatever Oh nine. So, yeah so everybody was like oh i'm just gonna use this and be Lil Wayne for Halloween." i'm like yes. looking back i was like that's problematic
4: <laughs> that can get you in trouble these days as long
3: as the costume stops at the hair
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean yeah so as long as it as long as it does that uh yeah because i don't think you know kids in fayetteville putting up the uh you know the tattoo of the uh the teardrop or anything like that really gonna <laughs> span or other things you know people talk about peeking in
3: high school a lot the time period you're describing right now, that's when I peaked. 08, eight, oh that was a great time. Why, why then? Because Courtney Fortson had that one debut at Arkansas, and I thought he was the best point guard of all time. Lil Wayne was dropping an album. Peak times.
1: Those two things is what made me
3: We talked about this the other day. I didn't, i think Courtney Fortson either had a triple-double or close to no, it. No, he had a triple-double.
1: It's him and one other player, um, Robertson. Um is it Oscar Robinson? No, not Oscar Robinson. The Oscar Al- Robinson. Al- Ro- he, Ro- he had Alvin, Alvin, Alvin right Robinson. Yeah, yeah I'd say that's not Oscar. Yeah,
3: Alvin <laughs> Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But dude, I remember that night like going through and changing like all my created players on the games to number four. And like I was all in on the number four because of Courtney Fortson.
1: C4. Love you know, it. It also Cedric Cobbs you know, and yeah. a C4, a couple of C4s. Now it's rookie Council. Council <laughs> that's why yeah. it's so
3: explosive. Arkansas <laughs> should keep doing that. I always have a C4 somewhere, every sport.
1: Yeah, that needs to that needs to happen. I guess I don't have any ones now. I don't. I was trying to think of. <laughs> we like, we just sat the,
3: there. We all sat there and sat there and thought about the Cs
2: the and the Cs. Fours and you the made fours. that face. I thought you were looking at Joe Biden in the chat.
1: <laughs> oh no, I was, I was not. I try to avoid uh, most of the ridiculous ones in our chat, but sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit more difficult than than to get credit for it. But yeah, jeez. Um, yeah, I, I was just I was thinking more or so along the lines of how that like you know the number four it's always there's some significance towards these numbers like in basketball number 10, 10 yeah and you know now that like unique unique numbers because i remember like kai madden and michael washington are the only players i know to double zeros
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's like why don't people more I,
2: I where's another double zero they need another double zero to come love double zero if i could have worn double zero like in high school and stuff i absolutely would have it just wasn't an option i won i wore That's it so one cool, year because
3: i think it was like the jerseys were were Based yeah. on, they were his small, the smallest ones. as I think I just got double zero one year. Dude. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. I was, I was just wanting the a number in general. So I was just hoping <laughs> for that. Did you, that one. did
3: you, did you used to pick your number based on Arkansas athletes when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was a huge <clears throat> fan of number four for football just because of Cedric, Cobbs,
1: Cedric Cobbs, yeah. Like when he was uh, in the beginning there. But yeah. And in basketball, it's probably number 10. Yeah. I think for Ronnie.
3: I never picked number 10. I love Ronnie, but I, I don't know why 10.
2: I just didn't like the way it looked. I never picked. I never picked based on Arkansas players. I was. I was 28 in football. That was Marshall Falk because I was a big greatest <sighs> show on turf guy, Saints guy. You know. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, hoops was 23, and because of Michael Jordan. Yeah, because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So.
1: Well, I was number. I think the only other time I had was like number 77 in junior high because I was get out of an offensive line. man. are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a fat. <laughs> offensive lineman you
3: buried the lead man i asked you if you had base your numbers you should have led with Bar- brandon burlesworth
1: well see that's the thing is i didn't <laughs> actually do it for brandon burlesworth oh. because i i just did not. it was just a number they gave me i was i guess i was like <laughs> i think i was like really slow mentally okay. and physically in there in that time and you're just like hey picking the numbers and i guess i forgot to do it so they're like, hey, here you go 77 i was like oh uh great thank you appreciate that so i don't know but it, it worked out in the end but sure yeah brandon burlesworth inspiration
3: I thought, I thought that's what, when you as, soon as you said 77 i was like oh my gosh man. yeah well I, again i should have should have mainly done that one too but i bet there's a lot of kids in the state of arkansas who were like playing baseball wearing number 77 for, oh yeah, in yeah. Burlesworth.
1: no that was a big number for uh, for a lot of reasons but again only if you were an offensive lineman because that's really the only yeah. fitting thing that you could really have going for but uh folks i gotta tell you though here on the john neighbor show we are very pleased to have superior contracting and development be a part of our show each and every day. They are located locally here in the state of Arkansas at Vilonia, but they go statewide. They can be able to help you out with anything when it comes to licensed residential and commercial contractors, specializing in home rebuilding and remodeling. They handle from fencing to drainage additions or remodeling of your existing structure all the way to land development and ground up construction. If you're needing a new pool, they can help you out with that. If you're wanting to redo the complete and total inside of your house, they're helping you to do that, and they're very easy to contact. You can call them today at 501-453-3053, or you can visit their website at superiorarkark.com, superiorark.com, or you can also email them, get a direct response back, contracting at superiorark.com. Again, they are going to help you out with anything inside, outside, construction, remodeling. They do it all with superior contracting and development inside of Valonia, Arkansas, but they are statewide across the great state of Arkansas. So give them a call today. Again, 501-453-3053. We're going to take another break here on the John Neighbors Show, and we're going to come back with, hey, did y'all see this? Man, I like that, uh, that, t- that title there to a segment. It's going to be pretty good, so you better not miss it. And on the John Neighbors Show, 90 State Sports, stay with us.
0: We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied we're not done. We're not done yet either. So don't be satisfied because we not done. We not done yet.
1: 1843 miles away, but the call of the Hawks can be heard all the way to San Francisco. Let's dig my dick in the master go No Hawks.
4: Powered by Arkansas for Arkansas. Every time you put it back in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. The John Neighbor Show is live from the Natty State Sports Studios.
1: This is the John Neighbors Show, live from the United States Sports Studios. Appreciate everybody listening in. Just got about 25 or so minutes left of today's show, but thanks for everybody watching in, commenting in, and having some fun with us. So I am John Neighbors. Alongside, of course, we have Curtis Wilkerson and Andrew Ellis uh, here in studio with us as well. So a few things that uh, we're going to dive into, fellas. And uh, hey, did y'all see this? We'll call it that segment at least, but... Uh, This is a funny one to me, and this actually has to do with Razorback football, if you can believe it. But uh, walk-on tryouts are officially here for the Razorback uh, team and all. So if you guys want to like walk on for the Razorback football team, here's your opportunity. Apparently, you have to be a student, so that eliminates almost all of you uh, anyways. <laughs> but uh, according to the official ArkansasRazorbacks.com, Uh, The Razorbacks will hold a walk-on tryouts for enrolled students on Tuesday, February 6th, at the Fred W. Smith Football Center. The tryout is only open to full-time students of the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville campus. I hate how they do that. It's University of Arkansas. I don't have to say Fayetteville campus. I guess if it's like full-time student of the University of Arkansas, like online classes maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But students must have availability during the mornings of the spring semester to match the team's practice schedule. Check-in and registration will begin at 9 45 a.m. in the Fred W. Football or Fred W. Smith Football Center lobby with the workout to follow at 1045. So here's what you got to have for everyone that's wanting to participate. A University of walk Arkansas Walk-on tryout form. A University of Arkansas tryout medical clearance form filled out, complete, and completed by a physician. No other form will be accepted. Sickle cell test results and a proof of insurance, if any and a current copy of an insurance card. So my thing I'm laughing about is the proof of insurance, if any. I'm like, wait a minute. So does that mean you don't have <laughs> to have that. any you can insurance? You be like, no, I don't
3: have to have any insurance.
1: So, like, <clears throat> so if you don't have any insurance, so is it required? It says you must have the following. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of confused on it if that's like a, a thing or
2: not. You 100% have to have insurance to... Participate in, <laughs> in college football. thats I don't know why that's in there. Well, I've got that's good crazy. news and I've
3: got bad news. I actually found out a loophole to where I had some eligibility left and I could take some classes in the next few semesters and make it work. Bad news is they did my blood work and they didn't like what they saw. So uh, I will not mm. be attempting the tryouts. But uh, Curtis, were you, were you intrigued when you saw this? Very intrigued.
2: Yeah, very, a training camp starts tomorrow. Just got to figure it out. Get a student ID. Oh, yeah, roll it man. Like, that, that is the day of one of training camp is getting enrolled at the University of Arkansas.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like I would love for one of us to be able to uh, to be able to check that out and just like go through it. Like oh, even if yeah. we're not gonna, I would love just to see what it's like. Little
3: Vince Papali
1: like yeah, but like, do they give you the equipment or do you have to like make it to a certain stage before you get the equipment, get the helmet to put on that that hog on the helmet? Like, do you oh, yeah. get to that
2: point? Dude, how sure. mad, how mad would you be right now if you were one of the academic advisors at the U of A? Like, you know, the spring semester just started. Now you got this flood of dudes coming in there saying, oh, "I gotta, I gotta work around my schedule so I'm free in the mornings. I'm gonna be a Razorback. You know, I'm
3: 34 years old, but
1: I can still it." <laughs> yep. yep. It's like they're like, yeah. It's like if I would have been able to have that, I feel like they do this every year, though, right? But it's I don't know the timing yeah. of it's kind of interesting in the spring.
3: I think they Maybe did it last last spring but i don't know i mean this was this was again we talk about stuff we liked as a kid this was like my dream as a kid so this this was just
1: this man yeah yeah students will not be able to try out if the above forms are not complete or you know i guess if maybe the insurance is a thing or not um and on file with the university of arkansas sports medicine staff prior to the tryout tryout participants must have played football in high school or college and must bring their own football workout apparel and equipment
3: no, so, so you, you got go. to go back home to I've coach. I've lost and be interest like, need, in this operation. I need now. some shoulder pads, yeah,
1: coach. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so you're telling me, you're telling me that not only that they having to have their the own apparel, that's fine, but the equipment. So you have to have your own shoulder pads, your own helmet, your own everything.
3: High school coaches in the state of Arkansas, if you have any players, former players, reach out to you and tell you they need equipment for this tryout. Reach out to me directly. I need to hear your yes. stories of, of the worst player you coached calling you and telling you they're going to try out for the Razorbacks.
1: And so also
2: comply with the request because we need to see these guys out there. Yes. yes, <laughs> yes. <it. laughs> yeah. Give us a heads take, up and we'll care go of them. Do you think yes.
1: that they would have, the U of A would allow open practice or open camp for us to go and give a re- report back on the walk-on tryouts? They should. They should. Yeah. I, don't I don't know absolutely why. Should. We're, we're not giving away anything. They I, should
2: do that. They should let us cover the, uh, the manager's basketball games. The yeah. night before the SEC games. You like, know, the
1: stuff that people really care about. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the hard.
2: We got to get behind the weeds here. So uh-huh. behind the I don't weeds. Know, we'll,
1: we'll figure it out. In High fact, this is what's sure. also the fun thing about it. The email. You got to have registration check into who? Scotty, Scotty Thurman. Thurman Jr.
2: Oh. Ah. Yeah. Director of compliance. Yeah. Remember him?
1: I do. Wow. Yeah, he played football for all What's his, uh, what's his first name? He did name. Play football. Yeah. I see
2: he's RST.
3: What's his first name? I don't know. I thought you were. I thought you were a diehard Arkansas fan. I I thought you knew this stuff. Yeah, I thought you were really plugged in. Apparently not. Not with the compliance (laughs) department,
1: at least. You're the name expert here, though. Yeah.
3: And you have so many of them. I don't even. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Don't even need to. Don't even need to guess there. But yeah. So I was like, okay, for the walk on tryouts and whatnot, I can get down with that. So again, it's uh, February 6th, the Tuesday, right after the Super Bowl,
3: too. That'll be fun. Man, it's
1: gonna be when people are at their hype. Yeah. (laughs) At at their ultimate (laughs) hype. You need inspiration. He's like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do it and be like, I'm
3: ready. Nothing can inspire you for a walk-on tryout like Brock Purdy playing in a Super Bowl. That, that should do the trick. Oh, how, okay, so how many... Here's... We can play this fun thing. How many people do you think actually shows up
1: to this? Or actually, ha- And actually has all the forms and everything that they're needing.
3: Well, no, that's only going to be a lower number. I'd say maybe five or six max. I was going to say Really? I think it would be higher than that. How, but, like, who do you, like... I, I don't do know. I, I really I have no, I'm basing listen, this information on That's off a
1: campus of 30,000 plus kids on that campus right now. All right. I, you're telling me that there's not at least 20 of them that played high school football somewhere and sat in the student section. Yeah, they're freshmen or whoever. And they feel like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sat in the student section and said, you know, I could help the hogs out or like their ultimate dream is to where I, I yeah. feel like there might be yeah. at
3: least 20. Fair Won't enough. be a whole lot, but 20. Well, I, We'll even we, say this. If you are if you are reading or watching this and you're going out, let us know. We want to hear the update of – we want yes. more
2: info on this operation. What do we yeah. think is the most tried-out position? Like, what are those kicker. guys going out? I was going to say I, kickers I've, had, I've had kickers up, kicker up there. Kicker and I, and I mean, honestly, just in
1: general or for this one thing here? For this
2: thing, like for the walk-ons. Oh, like, okay, what, for the, what are they trying out for?
1: See, but I don't think they need no, kickers because yeah. they're good on the kicking. I think it's just like, hey, we're going to – I would say, personally, wide receiver. Probably,
2: yeah. Because any, you you don't have to be big, like you don't have to be a certain size. But I bet there's the a whole lot
3: of fat rednecks going to show up at Sam Pittman's office on Tuesday, February sixth. Yeah. How
2: many offensive
1: linemen size people are just walking around? <laughs> well, they don't, hanging that's out? That's
3: the thing is they're they're going to be like 5'8", 260, but they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm going. Yeah, you're like, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Hey, coach gravity. <laughs> just,
1: just get just give Love, me the, yeah, give me summer <laughs> calling ball, give me summer workouts, coach, and I'll get I actually there.
3: know a dude who tried who uh, kicked in high school and wanted to kick at Louisiana Tech where we were at school and. He went to like one week of the conditioning and was like, Nope, mm. not doing this.
1: No. Yeah. Well, I was like my favorite I think I told the story about Mike Matt Jones and the basketball team. It's one of my favorite stories of all time.
3: I you you told it to me yeah, in like, real
1: life. Yeah, it's like about Matt Jones and Jason Peters and also uh Nathan Ball had were three football players trying out for the football team as a or basketball team as a walk on. Jason Peters, I still Blake Ends to this day still says is the greatest athlete he's ever seen in person.
3: <laughs> By the way, is we he? talked about Austin Ledbetter the other day. Yeah. Does he have to do this? No, nah, I'm right. sure that like, some, probably, all the walk on,
1: because you know those PWOs, the preferred yeah. walk ons, which I always laughed about. I'm like, is there? What's the difference yeah. in a preferred walk on, or just a walk on? Like, you just
3: have a spot if you're a preferred walk on.
1: I guess so, but you know, it's like I remember that thing you said. You know, Jay Peters couldn't handle the conditioning. That's what it was. And mm-hmm. so, but Matt Jones just went up there and, and dunked on a guy, and they're like, "All right, we're done." And Nathan Ball didn't get a chance in the matter. He's like, if <laughs> Nolan Richardson said, "Hey, can you do that?" And he goes, "No, he's not going. We're done." So. Uh, sometimes it's just about uh, showing case. I just don't think that there's gonna be a matt Jones or yeah. uh Jason Peter who's uh, who the basketball player around?
2: or the the football player that walked on the basketball team recently <sighs> Crap. Jared J- well, yes, yes, it's Bell Bell. Crap, yeah. what's an in in-state kid? Big dude. He was like 6'6". Jeremiah
1: Bell or? Jeremiah Jamario Jam- Jam- Jamario Bell. Bell. Jamario Jam- Bell. Oh, yeah. I
3: forgot all about that. He was wow. actually thank, decent, man. Thank God we got that out of our <laughs> I know. tongues, man. That was about to kill me. That was. <laughs> thank weird.
2: you, Dalton. Yeah.
3: Jamario yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, like, Bell. Yes,
1: because yeah. he was a guy that was like a four-star defensive lineman and just never saw mm-hmm. the field. And, yeah, because I was thinking about when Brandon Mitchell – like, dunked yeah. on that dude Well, he from played a good bit
3: for, uh, for that team that year, like yeah. in basketball, right?
1: Yeah, because, he, again, he had a posterization on uh, Terrence Henry from Ole Miss. Like, great dunk.
3: Marcus Monk. Yeah, Marcus
1: Monk was up one of them bit. that uh, did that. Uh, but, yeah, just not as much here recently. That doesn't happen as often. Marcus
2: Monk's the, on, the only guy that ever dunked on me. I mean,
1: there's worse people to get dunked on by. Yeah. I mean, if you got to get dunked on a guy that, like, was terrible and just happen to be tall. That would be the worst thing. But if he's, he got dunked on, on by... He's Set
2: County's greatest. He was... Yeah. He was
1: good. Oh. oh <laughs> these are, again, worse people to get dunked on <laughs> uh, than that. So, either way, uh, walk-ons. Have fun. Uh, let us know how, Be safe. Uh, yeah, be safe. Don't get smoked.
3: <laughs> also, bring your sickle cell treatment te- test.
1: Yeah, and your insurance, if you have any, but if you don't, it's fine. Apparently. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cracks me <laughs> up. Proof of insurance, if <laughs> any. <laughs> your optional
3: required insurance.
1: Yeah. But it's like you will not be allowed to try out. So like, again, I just I like feel like it's counterintuitive here. <laughs> I think they
3: should let them try out and then figure that out. You know,
1: yeah. It's like what if what if what if you're about to pass on like the next right like <laughs> Baker Mayfield or you know some of those walk ons and you, you because he didn't bring his proof of insurance, he ends up going somewhere else and balling out. now that would be the most Arkansas thing that ever. That would be they passed on the next like Heisman Trophy winner. Player, or whatever and he because he was enrolled at arkansas and he forgot his insurance card he transfers
3: <laughs> and, to oklahoma and he's like I, I walked up to the university of arkansas and they just i didn't have my sickle cell and mm-hmm. they turned me down yep. and now yep. here Tom i
1: am he's going to do a story on you it's <laughs> just like <laughs> health always meant a lot to players but for him it didn't mean enough
3: <laughs> not having his sickle cell saved his life <laughs> yep and
1: uh could have been really bad for them too so uh, all right. So, yeah. And also, uh, did you see this? So these are just some funny random stories because we just got about eh, 15 or so minutes here. These are ones that I wanted to bring up, too. Uh, so how about this? I, don't, I thought this was a lot, you know, I thought there was some freedom in what you could do in some marathons. But a Chinese marathon runner who chain-smoked his entire way through the 26.2 miles race has been disqualified despite him having a competitive time. Uncle Chin, nicknamed the Smoking Brother. Folks, this is a real story, I promise. Uh, managed to complete the Xiamen marathon in three hours and 33 minutes on January 7th this year. But despite crossing the finish line with only five minutes slower than his 3:28 finished two years ago, the 52 year old was disqualified for quote smoking on the track. And he plays 574th out of more than 1500 runners. We can't smoke track these days. Let's say like, I can't believe that this is something that happens to
2: me in a marathon. I don't like as long as you don't cheat. I mean, I mean what's the problem? Okay, so I've I've run half marathons before and people literally crap themselves. Like Because it takes so long for them to Yeah, go and like it all, you don't yeah. want to stop because you're 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 pacing or whatever. It'll be like running down their legs. So is that not worse than you know, hitting some long darts on the I don't know. Well, and
3: also, you know, the next uh, paragraph kind of gets into it. It's not a performance enhancing; it's a performance worsening drug. Yeah, so right. it's like I so feel if like anything his time should be boosted. Yeah, I, I think it should it's be more impressive that anything anything he did. We did yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I'm impressed. Like, it was it was a cigarette. He was smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he's just
1: smoking, just ripping haters, a pack of Marvel, Man, just
2: yeah. had some 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 Marlboro <laughs> Reds and just. Yeah, Branson like, is one hundred percent right. Like we need to talk to Steph about this.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm because, afraid of what she says because then it would go into a long rigmarole about you know what the smoking can do with the flactoid of your yeah, decimal muscle or that. something like that. That I don't even know what exists, <laughs> but uh,
3: yeah, i I I just I feel well, like what again, race is it? Is this the the olympics Zion? like uh, wh-
1: no i mean why, it's just a, it's, a, it's a chinese marathon I yeah, just you, know. you should
3: not be disqualifying folks if you're for running
1: that. 26.2 miles and you got a heater in your mouth and you're just smoking the entire time again i feel like and you, sh- you should be welcomed and embraced the overall. the
2: pollution and air quality in china is is the worst in the world anyway so
1: what's
2: a of shit Name
1: the smoking brother is it, I thought the Uncle Chin was the. Uh, we we the, all have an name. Uncle Chin. Yeah. Do we all have a smoking brother though? <laughs> like he's been the nickname guy there. Three hours and thirty three minutes. That's impressive. So, it's cooking, man. Curtis yeah.
3: broke the news to me that people crap their pants during these competitions, and we had to talk about it for a few minutes because I couldn't believe it. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. I mean, this but guy's he,
1: finishing three hours and twenty eight minutes. So you think about people who aren't doing that. Yeah, that yeah. they're probably well, finishing also four and a half hours. Five. That's hours. the key yeah.
3: part. Is like. In the morning, it just that's that's prime time. It's kind of like the same thing with NASCAR
1: drivers, you know, like they, You know, how long they're there and they're racing and stuff. But don't they have like setups to like if they have to use the restroom? It's like got the. It's almost like they're in a hospital bed. It just like kind of like takes it out of them and puts it somewhere. And then how they do it in NASCAR? Like, catheter?
2: Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't
1: hope it's not. Is it? I don't know if it's as serious as a catheter. Maybe it is because
2: like it's not like you can take your hands off the wheel to like, you know, be in a bottle or whatever. Well, so le- well, at least
3: with NASCAR, your body's not in motion to where you're like you know it's not like a a strenuous physical activity i mean i'm sure it is strenuous but i just meant like on your stomach whereas like if you're running for several miles your stomach is sloshing around i guess so. but man
1: there's nothing worse than when you're trying to get somewhere in the car and you're holding your bladder in and it's like dude if you move two inches it's like that diet mountain dew bottle in your cup holder that's empty it's like it's looking pretty appealing to just while you're driving set the cruise control and Hope for the best, and hopefully it doesn't take up more than a twenty dude, ounce. That, How long are that, ha- that happened Done to that me? Really.
2: One of the last times I was uh, with you it was the first time I ever rode in a Tesla. Remember when we got that Uber? Yeah, that in was San fun. Francisco. It was me, yeah. you, and Scotty. And I, I should have gone before we got in the Uber. I mean, it's like a thirty-five minute ride back to our hotel uh, because you can't stay in the city of San Francisco for less than like a thousand bucks a night. Yeah. And I was in a in a bad bad place, dude. It was tough.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a horrible feeling to have.
2: It's also. Um, you know, the people who will go to like Times Square for New Year's Eve, like to see the ball drop, like you get there at the crack of dawn so you can get, you know, up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And if you leave, you lose your spot. And so everybody goes there and they just wear diapers. That's they just insane. wear diapers. <laughs> like, insane. Like, we got to get we gotta, crazy. Okay, we
1: got to start doing things better here, folks. Then there's yeah, got to be better ways. <laughs>
2: You
3: know, like there Normalize has to be, a good little potty break. All right.
1: Like, yeah, there has
3: to be ways
1: of not crapping yourself in marathons, <laughs> like not like pissing down your leg when you're, you're you know, doing random things. Like just there's got to be better ways. Surely there's got to be better ways than that. But anyways, I, I, again, I'm, I, I am, I am team uncle chin. Well, On you want to talk about way better
3: after. ways? This is the better way right here. But say, yeah, right. I'd rather have a man's
1: chain smoking some Marlboro Reds while running than pissing <laughs> down his leg or taking a dump. <laughs> like, I mean, it, to me, it's not even a, a thought. It, it's 100% obvious there. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to share that. And also this one too. This is also one that gets me every time I'm flying. But a New York bound Virgin Atlantic flight was canceled just moments before takeoff last week because an alarm passenger said he spotted oh. several screws missing from the plane's wing, British traveler Phil Hardy, 41 years old, was aboard the whatever at Manchester Airport in the UK on January 15th when he noticed four missing fasteners during a safety briefing for passengers and decided to alert the cabin crew. So it canceled.
3: I'm glad I never want to be in a position to
1: do that. But like how if you're an airline, like how does that happen? And also, I, I hate flying. But I'd love to know of, like, how astute Phil Hardy is and what the planes need to be looking like and, like, what what is a fair assessment of, like, is he counting the bolts? Like, was it so painfully obvious that the bolts were missing that he's like, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, I want to know more about, like, why
2: he alerted them
1: and why it was even a thing.
2: you know what? Like, he's probably spooked after the the door just randomly flew off of that plane. Where was that? Portland or something? Yeah. No, I thought
1: it was, I thought it was, was it in the
2: United States? It was in the United States, yeah.
1: Oh, oh, and, I did see that. Okay, I know, Trumba. I was thinking of the one where the plane just like disconnected, like came apart and it was holding on for like with like super glue or whatever. Oh, was. yeah. I was, like, I was like in Spain or Bangladesh I feel like the next time I get on a plane,
2: like I'm going to look at all the screws and stuff around me. That way, if like if, 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 you know, like a flank is going to fly off of the plane, I just don't want it to be mine. because no. clearly you can survive as long as it's not yours.
3: Yeah, I don't because know. they I were just,
2: sixteen thousand feet in the air and they were able to land and nobody got killed no part or of that. sucked out of the plane or whatever.
3: I do not want to be in the seat where it is my responsibility to search for that kind of stuff. I do not want to be in a position where I got to be looking at the I, stuff. The most I want is when I ride the the school bus to have the wheel underneath me. Yeah. That's just that's as close as I want I to mean, get to the operation.
2: I'm a, I'm a I'm a fairly tall guy. Like I don't like sitting in the exit row, and like it'll never be a, a thing. But if it was, like I'm trying to help all you people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not um, trying to open the door for you. Well, guys, I you know? again,
1: I don't like flying anyways, and I just feel like in an emergency like that, nobody's gonna remember. No one's gonna nah. remember, uh, like the stuff that you got from the stewardess. Uh, excuse me, flight attendants, and saying, "Oh, okay, well, you know, you you need to you need to go when the oxygen mask busts down. Uh, get yours on first, and then help the person next to you." I'm like, I, I I'm I'm probably not because I feel, I feel like I'm gonna die, and so I'm like, well, is the oxygen mask really gonna help me? that's what's going to save my life, maybe, maybe for a reason. But same yeah. thing with the exit row thing. You think people are going to be like, "All right, I, hey guys, guys, I know we're about to crash, but I'm the exit row captain here, so you guys are going to have right. to wait your turn." I'm going to. I was like, "Man,
3: <laughs> normalize I'm announcing out. it to the to your crew on your flight and just being guys, like, i 'Guys, I'm I'm running it today. I'm my eyes are on this. I'm, I'm I'm handling it.
1: I'm your guy. Be <laughs> <Like, laughs> the um, safety guy.' No, it's like you." Because then, if you actually do save, or I like, do have to use that, you should do, get like free flying for a year or something like that. If it ever comes down to it, maybe that's the case. But um, you know, we're talking about uh, the thing with airlines and whatnot. But uh, this one comes from uh, Ice Cold Mint Julep, saying many aircraft fasteners are quick release, not actual screws, so vibration can pop them loose, especially if they're old and well used.
2: All right, sure. But what does, does that know? mean, though? Like, is that bad if they? I, I don't I, know. I mean, I I guess guess they canceled, they, if they had Canceling to cancel the flight, it, yeah. it's going to mean something. Yeah. I mean,
1: because I'd also be a little bit worried if uh, the pilot came over. It's like, hey, I think there's some screws missing. Eh, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, like no, like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear You see him that. start to
3: do the mental math, and he's like, eh, well, yeah, we'll
1: eh, be a fun Where are we flying to? Oh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. We should make it by then. It's like, no, <laughs> no. I, I want you to go and. Do the things like get get your little drill out there with people with the orange cones and,
3: and I don't normally in there. have anxiety like, like flying, but I feel like I'm going to now that we've had yeah, these conversations. <laughs> like too. the more we talk about it, I'm like, man, flying. We're good. Somebody sucks. else
1: needs, has anxiety about it than I do because I, I hate flying with a burning passion. So um uh, also, I, I think you guys had it up too. Like so, what happened before? We just got a few minutes here. Former Razorback Gabe Saboyan, something happened with him.
2: Oh yeah, Gabe Suspended o, from the G League. You're only as good as the company you keep, and he was hanging out with Imani Bates because they play on the same team. Uh also Osiboyen, he got in with the
3: wrong crowd, John. And now he is a part of the G League version of the Malice at the Palace.
1: So, like, is there a video of this?
3: I I don't know. I didn't even search for a video. I just saw that they were suspended for going into the crowd during an altercation. I don't think, like, it was a fight, right? Like, an actual fight. I
2: think it was more just they win. We would have definitely seen video if there was a legit fight. Yeah. Because, I mean, we see
1: videos these days, even if it is in the G League or whatever, because somebody's got a camera phone out. You see video
3: of everything except Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Nobody's ever been able to produce anything from that.
2: Gable Saboyan, the only... Razorback athlete, former Razorback athlete, to my knowledge, has ever blocked me on Twitter. Why do you block you on Twitter? I don't know. This is before I even started writing or covering Arkansas I've athletics. Seen somebody, I, I probably said some. I was, I've seen your
3: social media posts before you got into this yeah. business, and you were uh, you shot from the hip when when discussing
2: the Razorback basketball program. So. Trey Thompson and Gabo caught a lot of flag for me. Why was Trey was, Thompson catching flag? What did he do? Nothing. Well, I mean,.
3: Yeah. What, what, did you, what did you, were you expecting more? Like,
2: I, I usually get like a Facebook, you get the Facebook memories. Yeah. And it's usually something I said about Trey Thompson. You didn't like the backdoor, like why is he the backdoor
3: passes, huh? Well, didn't do it for you? No. Oh, well, the yeah. best <laughs> Razorback passing big of the last
1: yeah, we don't decade. don't need to go down that road. I think we addressed that one. yeah, Trey Thompson. <laughs> well, yeah. I was bringing it up, the up the with Gabe O'Saboyan because I remember he DM'd me. I had to go back and look, but it was a quote that uh, somebody was reporting that Reggie Cheney, Rest in peace, was considering a transfer. And this was after Mike Anderson's year. Uh, it was in tw- spring of 2019 when the season ended. And it, I just quote tweeted, said, Not surprising. Well, then Gabo Saboyan said, LOL, he don't want to go nowhere. Don't know how, don't know who be telling y'all this stuff. So I was like, Well, I didn't know. I was just throwing it out there because that's what the report was. But I was like, Well, pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Chaney did not transfer that year. But Gabo Saboyan definitely was not allowed back. Did he transfer? I guess he transferred to West
3: Virginia, right? Sure he did. did. And yeah. honestly, he could not have picked a better school to transfer to. The
2: fifth played like there for his, a few years. The one I place you can like, go to where defense is the only thing that matters. That's where the being
3: Saboyan works. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I
1: didn't. The realize... dude took threes all the time, though. I'm like, man, you got to <laughs> stop. You got to stop, Gabe. We love you in some regards, but you're not a three point shooter,
3: my man. He's shooting like 20 percent out there that reminds me though is is there anything more consistent than athletes that dispel rumors on twitter that end up being true like that i feel like when an athlete Correct. comes out and is like y'all don't know what y'all are talking about there's like a 90 percent chance that what they're dispelling is going to end up being true we talked about this the other day with the quincy mcadoo stuff which tbd on that we still yes i got no there. updates somebody um, needs
1: to update us on that
3: well i guess in like two months we'll hear from sam Pittman. great <laughs> And by well, then, we talk, Quincy, be, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'll probably just be
1: like, oh, you know, well,
3: well,
1: I don't know it's what what's going to be.
3: But, yeah, I, I think uh, it's funny whenever the athletes are like, what do y'all say? Y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. And then it's like, "Yeah, Turns out we knew what we were talking about. Sometimes. But I guess not in that, in that case, he waited a year, so maybe Gabe was right. Well, I mean, he was he was right about the reports being false. Yeah.
1: Um, but... Which is so crazy because an astute member of the media is the one that reported on Twitter. I thought, I th- you know, I thought that that person knew his stuff. Apparently not. Serves me right. But uh, <laughs> it was something that where it's like, yeah, well, Gabe ended up leaving too. But yeah, you can't be fighting in the stands, Gabe. You can't be doing that stuff, man. I do miss the people butchering his name on the broadcast all the time. No one knew how to say it.
3: Well, how oh, about yeah. the fact that he's playing in the G League? Like, I don't think I knew that until yesterday.
2: Yeah, that's the biggest story. <laughs> like, I feel here.
3: like that. That's the big story here. Gable a boy is still playing basketball at a near NBA
2: level. Hmm. Well, hashtag pro hog. Yeah, when, pro oh, ho- I'm when,
1: I wonder if his, uh, you need to check his three point stats, see if he's gotten better at it. Let's, you
0: know, I'll, I'll, I'll
1: Yeah, we'll get back, get yeah, back well, to <laughs> us on that. Tomorrow's one. show, that'll <laughs> be we'll a It lead may with take that. you a little bit to get to that point. <laughs> that's as tomorrow's as first a, topic. It yeah, may, may get you, uh, take you a little bit to get there. But <laughs> either way, folks, we appreciate all of you listening in and watching into the John Neighbors show and be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, and follow us for all great content here dealing with Razorbacks and a lot more, and we're going to keep it going out of here. You can also get after me on Twitter at the John Neighbors Show. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. We will see you then.